Hello and welcome to What's the Call podcast, episode 54. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me we have... Yeah, Chuck. And Dimitri, what's up, everybody? And today we are welcome to have a special guest, Bleacher Report's own Dan Favalli. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Thanks for joining. Doing just dandy. Uh, let's start off the way we normally do. Start off with some shout outs. Anyone have any shout outs? Shout out to NASA. Uh, we landed on Mars yesterday. Anybody watch that? <laughs> Definitely not. No, just me. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it. I, I saw your message it. about it and I, I didn't see it. I saw the, I saw the instant re- the replays. The instant replays, the highlights <laughs> of us landing on Mars. Well, the, the headline of us landing on Mars. Well, I think the more exciting thing is us bringing that rover back from Mars, and they're going to like look at the soil and the rocks and everything, see if they find life or evidence of life on Mars. Isn't it kind of pretty terrible that we haven't like already done that or explored further yeah. in space? I just feel like we've been here yes. for a minute. Like, yeah. We need we need to explore deep space more. Like, why don't yes. we know how to do wormholes and travel at light speed? Yeah, yeah. I'm so you know I'm so with it. I was like, uh, I think I said this in my other podcast that have have we failed as a society? Like from the '80s to like 2000, the technology just flew out of the gate, and then it's like we're at this like threshold that we can't break out of, and we've just been sitting here for a long time. Like, where's the flying cars? <laughs> where's all that stuff? Like, I don't understand why we we still are where we are. I mean, it's happening, no? Elon Musk is making it all happen, no? He's, like, single-handedly making it happen, no? That's not what's happening right now? I'm convinced Tesla is some kind of Ponzi scheme, to be honest with you, at mm. this point. I agree. Oh, a quick rant during the shout-out segment. I loved it. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if it's a rant. I'm just like, I was, I was ready. <laughs> what for is he doing? Off. Like he he talks about all this stuff, and then nothing ever really just gets done. So, yeah, I think what's next will be everybody having some sort of electric type of car or solar car, and then self driving cars will be. I want the flying norm. cars. I'm sorry. I don't know for everything. I mean, like, One of my favorite trilogies all time. One of my favorite trilogies all time is. Did, did you future. like the third movie the best? <laughs> Dan, we have a run joke because Aaron's Aaron's girlfriend, uh, her favorite Rush Hour movie is the third movie. She only likes oh. Rush Hour three. Yeah. Oh, but she doesn't even like the other two. Honestly, I think she'd yeah, say Chuck. she would. I, I honestly think she said she would, but I know she's lying. She doesn't like it. It's just the third one. It's so, just the third one. That's so bizarre. <laughs> I tell her this every time. I'm like, look. Technically, that's the worst rush hour. And it's not that bad either, but it's really the worst rush hour. I think and it's, if it's your favorite rush hour, fine. But like, how do you not like the preceding two that led up to that movie? Well, she watched the third one first. So to her, that is like everything. And that's also another thing she does. She watches the third of movies instead of watching like the like the first two. So um, she did the same thing with like Austin Powers and the same thing with other movies as well. It's very odd. But that's what she does, and it's a running joke. So, like, she saw Avengers Endgame first, and then she'll yes, go back. No, and watch that, that, that <laughs> you listen. Have we talked about some what's the call? This is exactly <laughs> what happened. So, quick little story before we get into stuff. 
we went she went with me to go see yeah. Endgame. And I was like the first one she I think she saw Black Panther. I'm texting her see, right but, now. But didn't see anything else. She went straight to the lat to Endgame. And then we were like watching. We're like, you know what? I kind of want to watch Marvel movies now. So she started off at the end. And now we're making our way back. We're like in the middle of like Captain America right now. That's where we are right now. We're like in the middle of everything. Oh, wow. There's like, you could get away with some of the standalone Marvel movies, just seeing them like Black Panther, especially the origin ones. But like, I spent the last two Avengers, like those were, you had to have all this other knowledge. We had, when we went to see, what was the first one called? Infinity War. Yeah. Um, We saw it in theaters and we brought one of our, I don't know if Chuck was there for that one, but James, JP, that was the first Marvel movie he's ever seen. And I don't think he ever saw Endgame. So I'm just like, Imagine the only Marvel movie you ever saw was Infinity War with this like massive cliffhanger without knowing anything that comes after or before it. Yeah. I can't do stuff like that. And it's also, has Chuck told you that he reads the last line or last word of every single book mm-hmm. before he starts it? Mm-hmm. Wait, no, Chuck does that? Yeah. 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 So he told me, me he did that with Harry Potter and I was mm-hmm. livid. I was so mad at him. I didn't talk to him for and two years. The, the last Harry Potter book, if you read the last page before the rest of the book, doesn't make a lot, whole lot of sense because the, he, at that point he has kids and they have names that match the names of other characters. Yeah, but now you know he doesn't die. I had yeah. a pretty good feeling he wasn't going to die. I mean, Oh, come on. There's well, only he had, dedicated he to him did, dying. He did <laughs> die, but he, you know. Well, that but, you, just, you just ruined Harry Potter to all of our listeners. Chuck, that's well, horrible. That, this isn't like that's not reason enough. I feel like. <laughs> at what point do spoilers expire? Yeah. There are people on social media that like think twenty four hours is I long say, enough. I say five true, years. I've say five years. If you're not there, then that might be yeah. too soon. I was gonna say. No, I, would say I was gonna say. Years. I was gonna say three years. I think three is like yeah. a good. No, again. Sorry, yeah, I meant the opposite. I, I for when to me, I would say like a year or so. It, it depends. Like if somebody's like, I just discovered Harry Potter. Like I'm just watching it now. Ruining for them would be terrible. But if you're just talking about Harry Potter and you say it, yeah, you and you someone's like, really. oh, I never saw it or whatever. Like that's that's on you. Yeah, it's that's weird, man. The last page before you start, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, so the sunny weird. show. If you know the ending or about kind of the ending before you start watching you like notice things more like you know like when there's like a twist ending in a book or something why would i read the book twice i've read the harry potter series at least 25 times like start to front and it turns out that jk rowling might be a terrible person which is very unfortunate but uh, yeah so she doesn't get a shout out what what number what number did did you realize that like the 12th time you read it through or like like how no (laughs) no no no, recently You know, in, in yeah. real life, J.K. Rowling is, well, I actually, so like when I got older, there were things in the book that were just like, um, that you could just tell was a little weird, where it mm-hmm. was um, the, the house elf concept was just mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, Harry's okay just having a slave, basically, and that's just, that's cool. Um, or the way that she just like, the names of characters um, based on based on ethnicity, like Cho Chang. Cho Chang. Uh, come on, could we... I just or the, or, or the uh, depiction of the bankers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and some of her like descriptive language of Dean Thomas, uh, to was just uh, like black. I can't remember what he was book black, it was. right? Yeah, and you can't. Yeah. I don't think you. I definitely didn't pick it up. We were in what high school when the books were like really <laughs> raging or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, before the whole J.K. Rowling doesn't believe in basic human rights type deal came out. Uh, 
you could tell like from some of the stuff in the book it's like oh this isn't gonna age well but this i still enjoy the stories but you have to kind of definitely separate the artist from the art now and you kind of have to overlook or or get past some uh politically questionable words or concepts i guess yeah. would be the best way to put it <laughs> Yeah. This is why you guys brought me on, right? Do we 100%. Want to start on this it is like it's for your Harry Potter next. and Blake Lee two takes. That that was it. I or, did. What's write, your take? What's your take on uh, Travis Barker? He's doing <laughs> lady friends. Uh, look, all I'm going to say is based off the athletes. Well, and she, I don't think she's dated an athlete, right? Is this Courtney he's dating or Chloe? I can't remember. Yeah, no, this, this one's Courtney. She was the one who I think was with Scott. Right, so it's not the one that was with um because kim kardashian was with like one, reggie bush and chris humphreys and yeah. their careers kind of flamed out um and then we know you know I, i'm i mean i'm fine with it travis barker seems like he knows what he's doing he's he's collabing with a bunch of like teenagers at this point so i feel like he's a little bit yeah, uh, like all the tiktok star people mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing too uh he's but, part of making a killing yeah, he's uh, and they did that weird. Did anyone see those like the uh, MGK? Mm-hmm. They did a, a music video for the entire album, so it was just like a, a yeah. mini movie or mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to stay, trying to trying to stay, you know, in, in the limelight. Yeah, listen, Travis Barker's old man. I know Blink One Eighty Two, like Blink One Eighty Two for us was like yesterday, but for like these dumb kids, that's like what's crazy is that they're rock. still. Chuck and I went to a show, uh, I guess two years ago at this point, but how long yeah, was the pandemic lasted? Yeah. Uh, they really have done like a, a good, and I'm, they're my favorite band, so I'm biased, but they've done a really good job of like bringing in different generations. Like there were still just a ton of people that were way younger than us uh, at mm-hmm. those shows, which is kind of um, crazy. And I think Travis Barker probably working with the TikTok stars and I can't even like that stuff just doesn't register with me. TikTok, I don't understand it. Snapchat, I'm so bad with that. But I guess him <laughs> staying culturally relevant and working with the youngsters maybe helps keep Blink a little bit relevant. I don't know. 100%. I'll keep listening to Blink, not to TikTok. You're welcome for those opinions, which not is to... definitely why I was brought on this podcast. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Thank, thank you to Death Valley for coming on. <laughs> Yo, have you seen the have, have you seen the TikTok with the teacher who uh, plays music for their students? She was like uh, telling a story. She plays music for her students. And one of the students at the end was like, um, can you play some classic rock? And the, she goes, yeah, sure. You want some Nirvana, some ACDC, some... Uh, and she goes, no, like Blink-182. <laughs> and, really? and, she, and she goes, so I failed her because it was like the right thing to do, right? <laughs> they do you get to a point those are the moments that make you feel old though is Mm -hmm. when it's like a band that you just consider relevant and like in vogue is just like i've never even heard of them there's Mm. i I watched a video once of teenagers reacting to blink 182 songs and like the teenagers have never heard of them before Mm -hmm. like they're like what's this song it's kind of catchy is it how about how about like when the NBA players are like showing pictures like in sync oh, and they yeah. don't know? Oh, the say, rookies. Is yeah. that Backstreet Boys? Is the best. Or they, I think just... they, they were showing like a floppy disk and they're like, the hell is this? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what that was either. I ain't going to lie. When I saw that video, I was like, I have no idea what this is either. Yeah, you have like oh, rookies God. coming in the league now and, and they say like, I looked up to LeBron James and it's that 
holy That's crap, legit. I'm I'm freaking old at this point. Like I remember LeBron James's draft day mm-hmm. and when he was a rookie and these kids grew up watching him. Not he was my favorite player when I was like a teenager or something. I, I just grew up watching LeBron. That's so wild. That is so wild and so true. Because now, like, the rookies that are, like, 18, 19, came in in 03, they legit were, like, born, like, right there. That's, That's right. I, there, ha- there are rookies in the league now that have been born in this millennium, which is just, like, there's something about that where it's, like, oh, there's 2000s babies in the NBA now? That That's not right. Is that allowed? Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think their parents had to sign, like, a permission slip. 100%. They're older than that. That's what makes me feel so old. I could be their parent. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. At this point. That's sad. How do you feel about that? (laughs) Very sad. (laughs) All right. Well, that was was my shout out. Anybody have any other shout outs? Wow, you shouted out Elon Musk. What did you? Who did you shout out? You shout out Musk on NASA. NASA. <laughs> that was a tangent. That, that was so a, long that ago. Was quite tangent. What was the movie that depicted like 2020 as this like post-modern society that had the flying cars and everything Dimitri was talking about? There was a there was Back a movie. The was it iRobot? Are, are you talking about Back hmm, to the Future? Maybe. I think that's what Dimitri was talking about. Was Back, Back to, to the Future? Yeah, I was saying Back to the Future. Back to the Could Future. The second one, uh, they, go, they go into the future in 2015. But I think like the movie I'm talking about was like set basically in the future, and it was like mm. 2020 or maybe it was 2030, and there was there was like all I these think things. I know you talk about, and it's like no, we're we're not we're not there, you know? not even close. Like but that not... is disappointing. It is. But Back to the Future Two was in 2015. They predicted Chicago Cubs in the World Series, and they were right against the Marlins. Us. Yeah, they, they predicted against the Marlins. Marlins. The Miami Marlins they, at that. They called it Miami at the time. That's wild. They Which rigged that. Crazy. They rigged it. <laughs> they rigged that. Now, yeah, the Cubs, it, I, the Cubs I, are gonna win for a hundred something years, and there's like, ah, let's just do it. You know, what I mean, it's it makes sense now. They were setting up Back to the Future Four, and they needed something to to point back to <laughs> for when they when they filmed BTF Four. Oh my Yo. god, it's possible. I'd watch it. Oh yeah, everyone would watch. I'll be I'll be first in line. Um, shout out to Naomi Osaka for beating the goat. Uh, shout out to Serena too. Yeah, shout out to her too because she's is the goat. She might be the best athlete of all time. Her husband says so. Well, he might Ew. be a little biased. Yeah, but no, but no, no. He he had a shirt. He was wearing a shirt that was a picture of her, and it says "Greatest Female Athlete." ever or something and then he crossed out the female part oh yeah that stuff is annoying because it's like what any sport any gender i'm trying to think of someone else who you would watch whatever it's a tournament a competition whatever and you just felt that it was inevitable that they were going to win and i don't know that i've ever i've gotten that feeling when i was like four or five watching michael jordan play i just thought he never missed growing up but being an adult and watching serena play where she was just this whole different level of a formality or just inevitable. I don't know that there's any athlete in their sport that has ever compared to that. At least I can't think of one at the moment. I think people have mentioned Tiger Woods, but it's like the field is so big and he wasn't like winning every single tournament. She just literally like people couldn't win points off of her. It was her prime was just absolutely wild. Yeah. The only other one I could say dominated their sport as much, I would say is like Wayne Gretzky. 
if you look at his numbers and his stats, they are so far beyond anybody. He has yeah, more. Definitely like, I was gonna say he has more assists than anybody else has points. Like he couldn't have scored. He didn't have to score a goal his entire career to be the points leader in the NHL. That's how far ahead he is. It's like Wilt scoring 101 points in a game. It's just like that's something that won't be touched. And Gretzky's point totals. Who's the close? Who's in second all time? Messier. Uh, oh, that's uh, sh- I should know this. Uh, I know this Lemieux is your one is job. Third. Yeah, and typing. Right. <laughs> Le- Lemieux is third. I want to say it's Messier. It might be second. Yeah, this is your only job. It's to bring My hockey only knowledge. Job is to bring hockey knowledge. If I had to, if I had to guess, I would guess Messier. Type faster, come on. What about Gordy Howe? Would that be a thing? Oh, that might be it. I I know zero about hockey except that Chuck had this card that had Paul Korea and Wayne Gretzky on it. Those were my two favorite players. But it was the most random. Did you have it custom made? Why were Paul Korea and Wayne Gretzky on the same trading card? What was their relationship? They both (laughs) played at the same time. I I think you have it. Didn't you trade it to me once, and I traded it back? I, would, I don't know if I would trade it that one. I would Maybe trade I tried to once. trade it from you. We were very <laughs> cool. We played with. We you played probably with photocopied it. Yeah, oh yeah, we played with wrestling action figures all the time, and baseball cards. Uh, Yermer Yager is number two. Messi is three. How is four? Well, Yager played like eighty years, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still playing. He's still there. He's just you know. He just skates now. He doesn't even get the puck. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I think he's actually still playing in Czechoslovakia or the Czech Republic. He's wild. He's wild. CTE. That's he's crazy. Like, I'm surprised he's not CTE. Uh, he is 40. Oh, he just turned 49. He definitely has CTE, Dimitri. 100%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Wait, also, Aaron, Dan, any shout outs? Uh, I have a shout out. Um, shout out to rapper slash actor Bow Wow for announcing, oh, yeah. announcing that he WWE? wants, announcing that he wants to join the WWE and become a superstar wrestler. Um, and he's been trolling a bunch of wrestlers on Twitter, and it's been extremely fun to look at. Um, I'm here for it. I'm What's his wrestling that, name going to be? He says he's just a stick with wow. Bow Wow. He says he's gonna stick with Bow Wow, and um, I'm here for it. Five foot seven, probably 150 pounds. Bow Wow, I, he... I think I could see him going up against like the Big Show or something. I'm ready. Bow Wow is big. Big Show is still in it, right? He comes back every now and then. I could see them do a little something. <laughs> Did you guys see the video of Bow Wow had a show at a Houston club, peak pandemic, and it was packed? And there's so many issues with that in the first place, but someone had like shared the video with the caption of, are you really risking death to see Bow Wow? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Bow Wow's got some hits, all right? It's yeah. 2021. I this think the most relevant, the most relevant thing he's The most relevant thing he's done over the past decade is share that photo, stock photo of a private jet on <laughs> saying he was true. taking off and someone blew up his spot like, because they... They were sitting next to him in coach on like a regular airplane. They were like, Bow Wow just tweeted a picture of a private jet, but he's sitting next to me in coach. Legend. Uh, just like how he should be. Saving money. I mean, look. Saving money. Look, he has some hits, <laughs> all right? He's got some hits. Maybe not right now, but if he if I see him on Monday Night Raw on my television screen, I'm going to pop. I'm going to be like, all right, that's pretty cool. 
Bat Wow is five four, one forty eight. So you gave him you gave him three inches. That's great. I'm He's just not saying. Do well. I mean, have you ever heard of the guy Ray Mysterio? I mean, I'm I have, just saying. I watched him tonight. He lost. He's like five three. Oh, wow. He's a legend, legend. Yeah, but we see trains for his whole he life. Bow yeah. in shape. So like, bow. So this is apparently he tweeted. Do you guys remember the wrestler Rikishi? Yeah. Yes. He's apparently training at his school right now. That's what they're saying right now. That's what he's saying. He's training at his school right now. But is the Rikishi like three plus, three hundred plus? Oh, he's got to be four hundred plus. How many people yeah. do you think Rikishi gave pink eye to? Because he just used to put his ass like right up in their yeah. face. That was his finisher. What, what was it called? The stink face. This is the stink face. Honestly, at least 26. 26 people got stink. I'll take the outbreak in WWE. So I just wanted to shout him out because um I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right. We currently got bad bunny in wrestling right now. We're gonna have Bow Wow soon. It's happening. Russell, hey, Peter Rosenberg. Big, huh? Yeah, wrestling is huge. We talk about it. Uh, that's that's like one of my guilty pleasures for some reason. It's like I, I, still, feel like a, I, still, I still feel like a kid like when what? I watch it. So. Aaron only watches Below Deck in WWE. I love Below Deck. Shout out to Below Deck one time. It's an amazing <laughs> show. Watch it on Bravo, everybody. Shot callers. Dan, watch it. Amazing. <laughs> uh, I was out once they changed from the WWF and then The Rock left them because he was basically the only reason I watched in the first place. That's not All true. Right. They were the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Too cool. Yeah, was fun. There. Yep, right? He's, he's got to be like 80. He wrestles like he's 80. He ain't, he ain't jumping off of things. That's oh, great. He's not, that's he's great not the Hardy he's Boys people. anymore. He's the Hardly Boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hardly do anything. Well, no, isn't Matt in. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he's in that other promotion, AEW. AEW? Is that going to survive? Yeah. The Tony Tony Khan, like the Khan family, like they own like the Jaguars and I think some like soccer teams. They're billionaires funding it. It's, it's going to survive. I think they do well on the ratings too. So you're trusting the person that runs the Jaguars? I just want to be clear. I mean, they pull they pull like a, a million viewers a week at least for a startup. Oh, wow. I mean, hey, you, you can't really can't really combat it that much. Pulling a million once a week. And he also owns Fulham. That's the uh, English team he owns. I'm, yeah, sure, to you. I'm sure he could fill up the stadiums in those states that don't care about COVID too. Yeah, Atlanta's just open, or Georgia, <laughs> excuse me, is just is just open. And Florida. Yeah. Florida did Florida ever close? Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Florida stayed open through the pandemic. The Panhandle stayed open. Florida is its own pandemic, to be fair. <laughs> so maybe that's why they weren't intimidated by this. <laughs> we can fax right now. Uh, like, that, they go all of our Florida fans. Yeah, I hope you guys don't have a lot of Florida listeners. I, 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 I don't care. Each and every I don't, one of them, honestly, I, I don't, don't want state. them. I don't want them. <laughs> Most of our fans are in Europe. You know, we have some French fans. We, we have a lot of Irish fans, actually, for some not strange reason, but just, I guess, Chuck talking about hurling and. All these the other, time I went to the hurling match back in like all these other Gaelic sports. And- <laughs> he, he's not talking about throwing up to either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can't talk about the Irish teams right now. Their rugby team lost two in a row. It's not looking good. They lost to France How do you, anyway. Do you actually like actively keep up with this stuff? Yo, this with, is with the what Irish he rugby does. team. Yeah, <laughs> I follow the Irish national rugby team. They're in the 60s. Don't you have like a job in school and stuff though? Like, yeah, I got things going on. 
Right. They probably want it once a week, once yeah, every you, other week. Yeah, your voice just cracked. I got things going on. I got things. <laughs> I got things. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right, Dan. Is there, not a, is there not a Bleacher Report uh, team on those kind of sports? Yeah, we're really – they actually tried to switch me to the um, Irish rugby beat. Oh, I, uh, I declined. Um, I was like, you know, I'm not ready for that high profile of a role. So he's like, I'll stick, I'll stick with basketball. Yeah, he's like, I'll take a pay cut just to not go, please. Anything. I just don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to cover this. <laughs> you could have gotten interviews with all the top players. Johnny Sexton, George Best. He's just making up names. There's no Those way. Those are the only two names player. I know right now. Yeah, I was about to say, because he, he just knows that none of us are going to know whether that's true or not. Right. So you could yes. name the whole roster. Those two guys are on the team. The other ones, I have no idea. I don't know the other names. This is what happens every week. These are facts that we don't know if our facts are not, because he's his his Google game is extremely strong. All right? I don't know. He, he'll get an answer like that, but he just says stuff, and we don't know if it's true or not, so we just go with it. Those two names I didn't know. I didn't Before episodes. They are real that's names. what we do. Just, is it? I just don't know where you find the time to keep up with so much randomness. That's I don't know. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. <laughs> Dan, got any shout outs? Oh, I was not prepared for this. Um, or rants. You can do rants or RIPs. Anybody you're not liking? Yeah, anybody anybody want to give an RIP? Or <laughs> you can give a heart. RIP to a whole team if you want. Our uh, RIPs are very loose. <laughs> um, well, shout out Frank Nilakina forever and always. The Knicks should actually be be playing him, but that can be a rant and a shout out. And RIP, I think it might be time to, uh, if we're bringing this back to actual basketball, which is what I was brought on, it might might be time to RIP <laughs> the Miami Heat. Uh, I don't Ooh, see that's, it from that that's Aaron's team. That's not my team. All right, let's 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 set the look. I am a D Wade fan. He's no longer playing. I just like the Heat because you know he played for the Heat. I don't. I don't rep with them like that. The Heat also have great city edition jerseys, so amazing. I think it's fair to root for them. They're just not good right now. Well, well, they're missing a lot. Um, you know, they don't got. They lost Derek Jones Jr. They lost. Uh, yeah, but they're not getting those guys back. Like they let Jay Crowder walk. I know, too. And, so, and, those, and you could tell it's hurt. They're hurting. Yeah, they can't control the ball. I think they're still dead last in turnover rate. Um, Jimmy Butler's missed a ton of time. Dragic has missed a ton of time. That stuff matters. COVID's hit them, or health and safety protocols, whatever it was, has hit them pretty hard. But just watching them, uh, the other night, they blew, like they let the Warriors just come back from this huge yep. lead. Uh, they looked like they were wearing concrete shoes the entire time. They just were so sluggish. And they'll probably get in the playoffs, but – I think everyone thought they would be like a real threat. And I don't even, I don't think they're going to get there. And I don't know that there's a move of the trade deadline they could make to get them there. I would actually advocate for the other direction where it's, Hey, keep Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And they clearly like Tyler hero, but they should be looking at moving Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, just seeing what they could get for, for some of these guys, because they're, I think they're even with the caveat that they haven't had perfect availability. I think they're going to be a lot worse than people expected, even when they're at full strength. I mean, right now they're 11th in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're all kind of like bundled up right there, though. Like that could literally change, and like they win, go on a five-game winning streak, it completely changes everything. But like I watched that same game you were talking about, and they just don't seem like they have. Well, one, they don't look like they don't look like they have enough offensive like firepower for some reason. It feels a little off. Like 
if Heroes or Duncan Robinson aren't scoring, it feels like no one's scoring. Um, I don't know how they can fix that, though. Yeah, and I mean, even playing those two defensively together gets rough for them, yeah. and they just don't have – you know, they replaced Jay Crowder at the four lineups with – they have Mo Harkless, who is injured right now. They've tried Andre Godala there a little bit. He's just – he doesn't have it offensively anymore. They play Jimmy Butler a little bit at the four, which I guess is fine, but you'd prefer to have him on, like, point guards and wings on defense. So they, they're they at least one dynamic power forward short. And I'm not saying Jay Crowder would have solved all their issues, but that's just a, a lineup combination they can't go to anymore. And I think that's hurt them more than they credit. I mean, even Derek Jones Jr., having him, like you said, that would have made a huge difference for them. They're definitely bleak right now. Um. I'm just going to start off. I have a couple of questions I got to ask you because I want, I want some expert advice. You should have brought on an expert then. Well, this, this is all we got, all right? <laughs> Blink-182, <laughs> some basketball. This is you, all right? We, we got you. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, twins. Question. Why, why is Victor Oladipo always on the trading block? Why is he always on the go, right? This is like, a, what was he, the number two pick, number three pick? Two-time All-Star. He produces everywhere he goes. Why doesn't any team want him? The no, idea, one, no one loves him. Well, <laughs> first of all, he like was asking last year other players if he could come play for their team while he was in Indiana. So I kind of understand why the Pacers wouldn't be um, too Fair. about him. But I think the idea of Victor Oladipo is so much better than actual Victor Oladipo. <laughs> If you look at his career, the vast majority of it has been spent playing at a substantially below all-star level. And so he has two all-star appearances, one all-NBA all team. Those are like two snapshots, small snapshots of his career. Uh, he's still dealing with the – I shouldn't say still dealing, but he had the right quad injury, and that's flared up a couple times since he's come back. He's injured again right now. I think it's his leg or his arm. I can't even remember what it is. And over the past couple of years specifically, like the efficient offense just isn't there. He can still do some stuff on defense with the exception of the Disney bubble this past year, but offensively, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. And I could envision him being a number two on a really good team, but he plays a type of offense sometimes where he almost needs to be the number one, where it can feel like he's hijacking possessions. And I don't know that he's efficient enough for that to happen. And then I think you just have to look at the circumstances uh, he wasn't going to bring the magic out of mediocrity. And so they decided that Serge Ibaka was better. That was a, that was a terrible <laughs> trade. And then if you're OKC, it's like, well, yes, you're going to trade Victor Oladipo and Sabonis for Paul George. That's a no brainer. And then in Indy, I think it was more so that Victor Oladipo didn't want to be there. And then post injury, they probably didn't want to pay him. And I don't know why Houston wanted him. If I was, I know Karis LeVert's out right now, but Victor Oladipo's out right now. I would have preferred Karis LeVert on the team friendly contract, a little bit younger, um, I would say more dynamic as a creator, not necessarily a shot maker, but definitely as a passer. I would have preferred him if I'm Houston. I guess the Rockets were betting, and I think this is why he'll be on the move again, that they could get more than what amounts to, because they gave up Karis LeVert in a second rounder, basically, for Victor Oladipo. They were essentially rolling the dice and saying, we can get more than that for Victor Oladipo at the trade deadline. And right now, they're, they're probably not going to. Um, if they're smart, they'll move him, but... I think circumstances coupled with his injuries, coupled with the fact that he's just, everyone has that standard of him from, I think it was 2017 was his all NBA year. That's all anyone talks about and remember, but that's, you know, one season over a decade long career. Sure. So it's probably time or past due to start recalibrating expectations for him. 
So, so where's he going? Where, where do you think? 15 in nine years, where, where, where are we thinking? My guess, so the three guesses I threw out on another podcast that I'll just stick by are, uh, if he's traded, I'll say Dallas, Memphis, or Toronto. Uh, Dallas really just needs anyone who could create their own shot, particularly in crunch time next to Luka Doncic. And Kristaps Porzingis has been, Sucks. I know he was injured to start, but he's verged on terrible this year for them. So if you can get, you know, you have cap space this year, so you could sign him outright. But if you can give up, you know, if it doesn't cost a ton to get him, he makes a lot of sense for Dallas. Memphis needs the player that Oladipo is supposed to be, just another shot creator alongside John Morant. Imagine replacing the minutes that Dylan Brooks plays in the starting lineup with Victor Oladipo. If he's healthy, that's a huge upgrade. And then Toronto is just sort of the team. Everyone's looking at the Raptors and wondering, are they going to trade Kyle Lowry and start selling and rebuild? The Raptors are still good. They're climbing up the Eastern Conference standings. They haven't been healthy at all this year. And I think, you know, Kyle Lowry's missed the past two games, but they're about to be fully healthy. They might be buyers at the deadline and picking up sort of a, a fringe star who might not cost much. He cost much. He's in a contract year. That seems like the exact type of move uh, they would make. So those are the three teams I'm watching, but I would call those less than educated guesses. Mm-hmm. That Toronto move because they're they're talking about Drummond too, right? Like, that's that, like a, if they do that, they are. That's, that's like a terrible a move. Yeah. No one should be trading for Andre Drummond at twenty eight point seven million dollars this season. <laughs> Wait for him to get bought out and then sign him um, for pennies on the dollar. I just don't. I'm. Tr- I can't think unless you guys kind of a team that should give up actually good players to get Andre Drummond right now. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I feel for him. I like Miami. Andre Drummond too. <laughs> oh, could God, you imagine no. Andre Drummond and Bam playing together? I feel like that'd be a disaster. Probably is. He just doesn't have enough skill. Like, like to play like low key, very mean. <laughs> look, look, look. All right, I I'm a big Andre Drummond fan. All right, I like Andre Drummond a lot, but like he doesn't really do much. Like he just doesn't really box out. He gets like. Like, everyone's running down the court. That's when he just gets his rebound. That's why he gets, like, 15 a game. Like, he's not really doing anything. He has good, like, defensive numbers, I guess. But, like, I don't know if he's making, like, an actual impact on the game. He's The numbers would say that he has not. So, yeah, so he gets his rebounds, but he's not, like, a, a great team rebounder where he's going to box out for others. See? His defense is, like, he can have really good hands, and he used to be, able, he used to be an elite shot blocker, but he's never been – a great rim protector or deterrent. He's never been super switchable. Even his, when you look at him on offense, he's definitely refined some of his ball handling skills, but the post-ups that he uses, those are going to be low efficiency. Um, It's just, he's, he's not a bad player, but he's very much a center who can only do a couple things. Who I don't think moves the needle for a really good team. And so I don't know why, if you're the Raptors, if you're the Mavericks, I don't know why you would trade for him while he's, you know, you have to give up this much to get him just because he makes so much money. So you just said what I said, just a lot more politer. <laughs> well, you were like, he's kind of like doesn't have any skill. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> uh, Dimitri, got any questions? I got yeah, I have so um, many questions ready to go, but I don't want to take all the, all the time. I, I'm, I got them all ready. No, go ahead. Ask another one. Oh, I got. All right, I'm gonna jump. My man Julius Randle, is he making the All Star team or what? The Knicks are in like, the playoff hunt. Right well, now. should he make the All Star team? I think he should. 
think you should too. I just here's the thing: if he makes it, I don't <laughs> think it's an incorrect decision. But if he doesn't make it, I would say the same thing because I don't think he's. If you look at, I'm trying to think of who would be a good example. Jalen Brown. If he doesn't make the All Star team, that's a problem because he was even considered among the starters. If Julius Randle doesn't make the All Star team, like I don't, I don't know that I have a strong argument for that being the wrong call. Um, someone posed this to me: Would you rather does um, Nikola Vucevic or Julius Randle deserve it more? I might argue that Vucevic does this year. They're averaging about the same number of points, rebounds. Vucevic has been more efficient as a shooter. He has less talent around him. That Orlando Magic roster is is rough right now. But isn't that like yeah, a, like the big thing? Like where the team is. If the team's doing well, like you can't be a nine and forty eight team and like scoring thirty points and make it doesn't make sense. Well, here's my thing: the Knicks have won forty seven percent of their games. Let's let we need to chill on like them being good. The bar is just so low that. <laughs> mediocrity or sub mediocrity is welcomed. And I get it as a, as a deadingly disenchanted Knicks fan, I, I get it. And I'm not like watching them is, is easier now, but they're not good. Like they're, they're like, <laughs> if they make the play in tournament, which they, it looks like they're going to finish in the top 10, at least they're not making the playoffs. Like they're not going to be in the first round of the playoffs. I think that should be out of the way right now is that they're going to lose um, in the play in tournament. So I, and maybe that's, I don't know, maybe I'm being too hard on them, but I don't look at them as a team that's actually good or sustainably good. That being said, Julius Randall absolutely belongs in the all-star conversation. I would fall short <laughs> of calling him a lock, like a, like a Trey Young is a lock to me. Um, Zach Levine should probably be a lock. Uh, Chris Middleton should be a lock. There are guys that are locks for me, and Julius Randall's just not quite there. Frank Nielakina right. is a lot. I kind, of, I kind of felt that way, but I didn't want to hear you say it. Um, man, I was really hoping you were going to say, yeah, Randall's going to make it. Damn. You're probably I think right. he probably will make it because he's in New York, and I know coaches don't necessarily think like that, but he's he really is having a hell of a year. I mean, like, he's, he's putting up LeBron-esque numbers. I just don't – if we're going for how much do those numbers mean, there are players that I think are deserve it way more than he does. Got you. Okay. Um, to me, the East the conference is up for grabs. Um, I don't think, you know, the Nets are like the sworn in, going to take it all, shoe in. Um, I'm actually voting. I'm, I'm rooting for the Celtics, even though like, you know. Purpose? Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm rooting for the Celtics. I think the Celtics uh, are, are going to be a, like the Miami Heat of last year. But um, what, who do you think is going to represent the Eastern Conference? Um, who's going to pull it out in the playoffs? I agree with a lot of what you said. The East is totally up for grabs right now. There's something off about Milwaukee. I don't even know that I could put my finger on it. They just feel mm-hmm. very beatable. My pick right now would be the Sixers. Um, they need to take more threes, but overall their roster just makes so much more sense than last year. And Joel Embiid, there's always the health factor with him, but he would probably be my MVP MVP pick right now. If the season ended today, he's just, he's hitting fadeaways jumpers off the dribble. Um, He's close to a defensive player of the year candidate right now. And you look at who else they have around them. There's the Ben Simmons question of, does he hurt you when he's off the ball in the playoffs, but having Danny green, 
having um, Tyrese Maxey's really shown them something. Tobias Harris, Long Island's own, has been absolutely fantastic this year for them. I think they probably need to make like a minor move at the trade deadline. But when you look at the Eastern Conference, I think the Sixers and the Nets are probably in their own tier right now. Maybe you could throw Milwaukee in there. And with Brooklyn, it's interesting because their offense is so good, but their defense is just, it's wolf. And they have moments, but like a lot of those moments come when one or two of their stars are off the court defensively. So I don't, I'm interested to see how that impacts them in the playoffs because there are very few teams on the flip side that can actually defend Brooklyn. The Sixers might be one of them because you can take Ben Simmons. You could put him on basically anyone and say, Hey, erase that player from the planet and it'll work out. And you do have Matisse Thibel. You do have Danny green, even Tyrese Maxey. If you want to throw him on Kyrie, they have some guys that can really get into the ball and cause problems. So I'm not saying that they will, you know, slow down the nets to this grinding halt, but I think they and the bucks are probably the two teams in the East that are best built to defend Brooklyn. So Philly's a little shallow and it makes me uneasy um, tying anything to Joel Embiid's health, but they've just been so good this year that they would probably be my pick to come out of uh, that conference right now. Yeah, Danny um, Green also Long Island known. He doesn't get the love. <laughs> he deserves it. There was he got death threats on social media last year because he missed like threes in the finals, and people were pulling up these stats. Like I don't know if this is true, but it was along the lines of. Danny Green has missed more three-pointers in the finals than anyone else. And I was like, counterpoint, like Danny Green has been in enough finals to miss more <laughs> three-pointers than anyone else. Uh, he's a really valuable player, and people don't appreciate him enough. So and that's right. It would be great to see two Long Island people uh, win an NBA title this year from in Philly. Yeah, I think Danny Green is like the generic Clay Thompson. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. That's like if you were looking for a store brand. If you were looking for a store brand, Clay Thompson, why it's wouldn't the it be value. It's great value? Great value. The America's Choice. I would say Danny Prime Danny Green was probably more athletic than Clay yeah. ever was, but that's like they do the same things. Uh, Danny Damn. Green might be a little bit better of a team defender, but they play off the ball a ton on offense. Uh, Danny Green is one of the best transition defenders I've ever seen, which was never a Clay Thompson thing. So basically, I'm just saying that Danny Green is better than Clay Thompson. So Clay Thompson is store brand Danny Green. That's where, that's where we landed. Um, good. Um, so you were saying that you, Joel Embiid's your your front runner right now. I actually listened to uh, Hardwood Knox podcast this week. Factor fiction. A big man will win the MVP. Factor fiction. Oh. I could play the field here and say fact if it's Embiid or, or Jokic. I'll say fact just because I think it's going to be Embiid. Uh, but the thing with LeBron right now is he really has the narrative swinging in his favor because I don't think it should be looked at in these terms, but people are watching him and saying, oh, he's doing all this at age 36. That shouldn't factor into the MVP conversation, but it's going to. And then now with Anthony Davis out, if the Lakers end up playing really well without Anthony Davis, who my guess would be is not going to be back after the all-star break immediately. That's my guess, but I'm not a doctor that almost seals it for LeBron. He'll have the narrative where it's like, Oh, they didn't have Anthony Davis and they were able to survive in the Western conference. So I'll say fact because Joel B is my pick, but there's a really good chance that it ends up being fiction because LeBron is going to have that hype machine, the, the propaganda machine really churning in his favor. What about Steph? So yeah. here's a question for the room at large. Let's get it. 
a lot of people, they tried to penalize Giannis last year by saying the Bucks were too good without him on the court. And my counterpoint to that was you can't um, hold Giannis back because he's on a good team and is able mm-hmm. to elevate that team. Now, what Steph is doing for the Warriors is amazing. I'm not going to reward him, though, because the Warriors don't know how to build a roster around him. It's, you know, it's impressive that he's able to lift them up from the dregs, but they're in the dregs when he's not on the court because Golden State has just whiffed on basically all the minor moves since they got Kevin Durant in 2016. So I could see him. He has a case. I would say maybe a top five, six case, but the Warriors at large based off how MVPs have been selected probably need to be better overall. And I think the, I don't want to say he's receiving too much credit. I just don't think we should wait too heavily the, wow, the Warriors really suck without him. And they're kind of pretty okay with him because there's like, it's great that Steph can lift up such a bottom feeding team, but they're a bottom feeding team without him because the organization clearly made too many mistakes. Now, now if, if they make it to like, a top two, three seed, does that change anything? Like, I don't think it will happen, but if, if it does, would that like change the narrative of him, you know? If Stephen Curry brings this roster to a top two or three seed in the Western Conference, he should be the unanimous MVP. In the bag, I, right? I would, I, yeah, he should have it in the bag. I would agree. Do you think the absence of Clay Thompson is like, where would they be if Clay Thompson was there? I mean, he brings the thing that they need most, which is shooting, um, or I should say second most, because they need someone to anchor the lineups without Stephen Curry more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. But Clay Thompson, the minutes with Stephen Curry, you have a guy who can shoot and just take pressure off Steph because you guys know as well as I do, he's seeing like three and four guys around him when he tries to dribble. It's just, it's absolutely absurd. So I think they would be a lot better. I guess the question would be, you know, before he suffered the Achilles injury, he was coming back from a torn ACL. So what does Clay Thompson look like after that? And now what does he look like after this, where it's he hasn't played basketball in probably two plus years. And those are two really major injuries to come back from, but they would be a, a lot better off with, with Clay Thompson by far. They'd probably be in that conversation. They're what, like sixth in the West right now. They would probably be more or they're yeah, eighth, eighth, excuse me. Eighth. They, I mean, everyone's so close there, but you could probably say if Clay was healthy, they might have a, a, a better chance at a top four seed. Yeah. I agree. You got anything else? I got, I got, I got still got, yeah. I got all them loaded up, man. Oh, all right. Man. So we talk about Julius Randle. Sure. Whatever. They haven't announced the reserves yet. I'm sure people are going to get snubbed. Is there anybody that like you would just be happy to see make the all-star team? I know everyone's like all on the Zach Levine train. I like Zach Levine. Do I care if he makes the all-star team? Not really. Uh, but a player that I'm curious, like I, I feel like Jeremy Grant, having a great year would be like awesome. Like someone who definitely won't ever have this chance again. Like, I feel like I like stories like that. Is there anyone like that you think that would, you know, that deserves an all-star appearance, but probably won't make it. Jeremy Grant's probably the guy. And I don't even know if he's not going to be the unanimous most improved player this year. I don't, you know, you're branching out of the definition itself because this is a guy who in Denver and Oklahoma city and Philly, he, hit standstill threes and defended his butt off. And now all of a sudden he's in Detroit averaging like 25 points a game, hitting shots off the dribble, running pick and rolls, um, ISOing. Like his skill set has just been functionally expanded more so 
between a single season than I can just remember of any player. And I think people get caught up in, they like to see, you know, he has the gaudy stat lines, but most improved players kind of turned into this exercise of, okay, who's going to be the next superstar? You know, Giannis wins that award. Paul George wins that award. Uh, and even this year, they look at numbers just like, oh, Christian Wood before he was injured because he's grabbing mm-hmm. more rebounds or something. Um, or Chris, Chris Boucher, because the, the, who I love, by the way, uh, the statistical jump is just so hard to fathom because he averaged like five points last year and is averaging like 17 points or whatever this year. But Jeremy Grant is the guy. I think you can easily say, you know, you can loop him with Julius Randle, Vucevic. Those are guys where even Levine, they deserve to make the all-star team are there enough spots is really what it comes down to, but it would be cool to see him get one. Um, it would also be cool this season to see DeMar DeRozan get one in the West. Uh, he's been there before. I don't know if he's made it since he has been with the Spurs off the top of my head. I don't think he has, maybe he did the first so. year, but he's had a really good year. And for someone that's been kind of lampooned because of his shot selection and not making his team better, um, they've decided to surround him with like more shooting um, and play smaller And he's just, he's been really good this year, super valuable. And so this might be just the last real opportunity he has to make it. He's a free agent after the season, getting older. I don't know where he goes. If he stays in San Antonio, if he goes somewhere else, I don't know where he's going to go that he'll have the same type of role and influence over the offense that he does now. So it would be, it would be pretty cool to see him make one. And uh, I'll even say Chris Boucher in there, just like, this is not going to happen again for him. Uh, it, it seems like the big man ranks in the East might be a little bit thin at the moment where Siakam started out so slow. People aren't considering him. Uh, you know, uh, I guess there's, you know, you have Bam Adebayo and Embiid to contend with, but if Chris Boucher in that Jeremy Grant tier, where if you could just see them get consideration this season, uh, that would be fun. And the, the last one I would say is Miles Turner for sure in Indiana. Love Miles Turner. Terrific things defensively for, for them this season. And he's starting to hit more of his threes. So um, I think he's made one actually in the past, but it would see, it'd be cool to see him get another one just because he's been so up and down the past half decade or so. What about Gordon Hayward is- real quick, real quick. Gordon Hayward having actually earning the money. Yeah, if, he's been good. Uh, I probably of all the names we just talked about, um, Jeremy Grant, Vucevic, Randall, I probably have Hayward below them. Uh, he's been really good. I And it's, you know, I still think it was – I don't like the decision to sign him um, just based off financially what they did with Nick's Batum contract, where they were essentially paying 40 million a year for two years for Hayward, just when you look at how it was stretched. So that's like what makes the contract itself still questionable. But I think he's, people just assume that he was done and healthy Gordon Hayward is still really good. Um, I just don't, you know, once you get to like those 10, 11, 12 spots in the East, like it gets really, yeah. really difficult, I but I would probably have him. I don't, I don't think I would have him on my roster. I haven't done my official picks yet, but I don't think he's going to make mine. I have a question. They just released the uh, starters for the all-star game. Uh, do you agree with it? Think anybody should be off of it? Anybody should be added to it? Starters are tough to get wrong. And so like when you're talking about, if you're talking about snubs, like one snub amounts to you got 10% of the choices wrong, which is just an astronomically high number. That being said, I do have some quibbles. Uh, I don't have a problem with Kyrie Irving making it because he's just been an absolute monster when he's played, but he's 55th in total minutes among guards. And it's like for all-star, I feel like sample size needs to matter a little bit. And I'm not factoring in that he, you know, took the seven game hiatus because he needed a break. 
uh, that whole thing is just, I, I haven't even touched it because I don't know what to make of it. You see the video of him partying without a mask. So like, I think the That's coverage of him is, yeah, the coverage of him is by and large a bit unfair, but that is tough. That video is tough to defend. Um, but look, that's the Nets, his teammates, the league, that's between him and them. I just – I would have given it to Jalen Brown because he's played more. And uh, you also could have – I wouldn't have minded if someone went Zach Levine or Trey Young in that situation. I just think when you look at the sample, uh, if he's 55th in minutes among guards, you got to be a little bit – even Kevin Durant has played more minutes than that when you're looking at the front court players. Uh, and then the actual, the snub of snubs, Luka Doncic should not be a starter in this year's all-star game. I mean, my God, Damian Lillard has been in fuego basically all year. Uh, he is shooting a perfect 100% from the free throw line in, in crunch time, 24-24. He's shooting, his true shooting percentage is 85 or higher or something like that in crunch time. The Blazers are 12-3 and three in close games. And that's why they're fourth in the West. And a lot of people are pointing out, oh, well, Lucas had a play without um, KP. Damian Lillard has now played more games without CJ McCollum, who might have been an all-star himself, than Doncic has played without Kristaps Porzingis. And the Blazers don't have Nurkic, who was their second best player for most of last year, uh, or not last year, the season before, because he was injured most of last year. Uh, so they're playing without two of their, you know, conservatively, let's say two of their five best players. And Damian Lillard still has them in fourth in the West, winning these close games, putting up ridiculous numbers. And for Doncic has been playing very well of late, but he started off the season kind of slow. And if I'm not someone who weighs team success too heavily, but you know, the Mavericks are also um, 10th place in the West right now. So that would be another vote uh, in favor of Lillard. And I was surprised. <laughs> I know Doncic has the international brand going for him. The fan vote really turned against Lillard. I think he lost by 500,000 votes to, to Doncic in the in the fan vote I was surprised the gap was that huge so that is an actual snub Doncic should not be a starter in the all-star game this year that's fine okay. Dame Dalla definitely um I have a uh one of my last questions um top three NBA players this year that you are excited to watch and the top three that you think are way overrated oh god uh so <laughs> Steph is up there. He's probably my favorite player to watch of all time. And this season specifically, the three pointers are wild, but when you just look at the attention, he's drawing off the dribble inside the arc, entire teams are trying to defend him right now. And he's still finding ways to score. The other thing I've enjoyed about him is I've never seen him wear his frustration on his face. Like he has this season when he's kicking out to Kelly Oubre jr. For a wide open corner three and Kelly Oubre jr. Bricks it. He's he's pissed. And when it happens twice on the same possession because someone got an offensive rebound, he's mad. I love watching those little quirky things. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone else I've really enjoyed, uh, Tyrese Halliburton in Sacramento, is not a flashy player, but he's just smooth and so well-rounded for a rookie. And he just makes these plays on defense, on offense. They're just so high IQ, and you feel them. Every time he's in the game, you could just feel his presence. And that's just, for a rookie to me, um, that's just astounding. And LaMelo Ball will probably win rookie of the year. And it's not that he doesn't deserve it, but Tyrese Halliburton would be my, my rookie of the year pick. Uh, third, this is, this is tough for me. Um, Wait till you get to the worst. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The worst ones are going to be harder off the top of my head. Um, I mean, Kevin Durant has been a joy to watch because he's Kevin Durant, even after the Achilles injury. And you can even just Kyrie Irving thrown in there too. I feel like he makes, layups more difficult on purpose because he's bored 
Like that's just the vibe that I kind of get from him. He makes that stuff look so effortless. And I think Nicole Jokic is probably up there too, just because he throws, you know, two or three assists every game where they just seem like these impossible passes. So um, all those players, you know, most of them are stars, but those are the most watchable players in the league. But Halliburton is probably the, the most under the radar guy that I enjoy watching. And I'll throw Chris Boucher in there too. But I want someone on my team who's going to try and block jump shots. And that guy's going to try and block jump shots. Oh, I have to do worse now. Is that what we're waiting on? This is going to yeah, be. Yeah, we're, we're waiting on worse. <laughs> Who are you giving the RIP to? Like, like underperforming. <laughs> well, let's just get Alfred Payton off of this immediately. I need to see less of, less of Alfred Payton. Uh, so I'll say, so two players that have been sad to watch, and I, I don't really mean to criticize them, but Blake Griffin is one. Mm. Just doesn't get to the rim anymore. And I do appreciate how he's refined and, and honed his perimeter game over the years, but his, even his jump shot, it just feels like he's never had like this super lift on it. It actually feels like he's frozen in, in time. If you ever watch him at like the apex of his jump shot, it feels like he doesn't come down ever. There's just something sluggish there. I don't know whether he needs more time off or if you put him in a better situation that he'll um, produce more, but just seeing him not be able to get to the rim as much or do as much with the ball in his hands has been sad. And then Russell Westbrook, has been for the most part this year, just absolutely brutal to watch. And there's been, he's been divisive for how many years now since he won his, since before Durant left OKC basically. But this season, I don't know if it's just has COVID contracting COVID changed him forever. And that's, what's tough about criticizing players is you have the the pandemic looming over. And if they've had COVID, it's like how much of their fault is this, but he's getting older. His game never really included a ton of finesse, but like he used to at least have, like kind of sort of a mid-range jumper and just doesn't anymore. And he's not getting to the rim at the same clip either. And if he can't do that, it I don't know what his place in the league is. So I hope at least one of here, Blake Griffin can sort of figure it out, whether it's somewhere else or in their current situations. Yeah, Blake Griffin, RIP. <laughs> but Alfred Payton might play the most futile minutes in the NBA. That is the... That is the one that grinds my gears a little. That's not sad. That's just annoying that Alfred Payton plays. I feel like he's out there just doing interval training, like high intensity cardio and just having no impact on the game. Just passing. If he wants to. I mean, some of the times he's like, he's like an okay passer, but then he just takes these bizarre shots. Um, and maybe I'm just, I need more manual quickly in my life. So maybe that's, I'm just, I'm just kind of skewing against that. Definitely more quickly. That guy is that guy's next up, man. Um, I only have, one more I have a question, question for you guys. Who's oh, more important it. to the Knicks future, RJ Barrett or Emmanuel Quickly? And I say Julius Randle. <laughs> he's not going to be there for it. He, he might not even be there. They might move him. He, he, he's not that old, right? Late 20s? 28, I think. Yeah, but he's like well, he's like an Oladipo. He's like one of those guys who can be on like eighteen teams. Like sure. Jamal Crawford. Um, I would say, I would say RJ is more important, only because like quickly is good, but I feel like all the teams that faced him really don't know his his game yet, and and maybe they just you know it's like the Jeremy Lin saga when nobody knew what Jeremy Lin's playbook was looking like and like 
I guess they're doing the same thing with Quickly. Even though Quickly is great, don't get me wrong, he's great. He's got the intensity. Uh, he can do pretty much anything right now. But I guess the NBA just has to learn how to defend him more. And I think R.J. Barrett is probably a better scorer. Um, I want to say R.J. Barrett, but he shoots such a terrible percentage <laughs> everywhere. Twos, threes, free throws, he just – I don't know. I think I'm going to say RJ too. I want to say Mitchell Robinson. That's my, that's my pick. I'm going Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> I feel like I feel like quickly has more to play for, and that's what he's showing. Like he he wants to play. He wants to be on the team. And RJ is kind of like I got. I'm I'm on the team. I'm the rookie, the first round draft pick. Like that kind of swag. So. I don't know. We'll see when 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 it gets going and he's on the he's on the chopping block. We'll see how he performs then. I I agree with Dimitri that as the scouting report gets more extensive on him, what is he going to do when defenses get better at taking away his floater because he loves mm-hmm. that thing right now? The thing with RJ, and this is not an original thought. I think I think it was ESPN Zach Lowe that had kind of said this, and it makes so much sense. If you can't shoot and you're not a center, your role in the NBA is to come off the bench. And if RJ Barrett can't, you know, his, even his mid range game, like he can take those shots, but he's not always going to make them at a high clip. It seems like he's having more of those nights where he's like two of three from deep, but it also feels like he's having those nights where he either won't take them or, or make any of them. And so if you don't have someone who can drain jumpers consistently, and he's not going to be the backbone of your defense, his ceiling is, is what in that case, it, it's that of a, of a, a high-end reserve and i'm not saying that that's definitely what rj is going to be i think you could argue rj if only because they have that third overall pick equity invested in him like they wasted i don't want to say wasted they used that asset that draft pick on him where they drafted quickly in the in the 20s but it's getting to the point where um after year two if if barrett just hasn't shown signs of being able to be a medium volume three-point shooter um or even up his efficiency for mid-range I'm not saying he has to be a bench player, but you do have to have the conversation where it's like, well, how valuable is he to us long-term? Is he even, you know, second or third best player on a contender material? Yeah. Yeah. Chuck, you didn't say Obi. That's your guy. I thought that was a good draft pick. I was happy when they took Obi. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no. Ain't no stopping. Obi topping. <laughs> Obi topping. He's going to throw no some stopping. ridiculous – oh, God. They should have taken Tyrese Halliburton. That's what I wanted them to take in the moment. He's been spectacular in Sacramento now. I also wanted them to take Patrick Williams, and their defense he was off the board. But Obi Toppin might be a good player. He can shoot, and he's – I think he's a better passer than people realize. But you don't waste that pick – I keep using waste. Don't use that pick on a big that can't play defense. <laughs> nah, say waste, say waste. Say waste. Say waste. <laughs> And you also like now, how does it look? It's like, what if you want to keep Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson? So you use your seventh overall pick, whatever it was on Obi Toppin to play like 15 minutes a game. And he's like losing minutes to Taj Gibson at points this Mm. season who they signed off the, you know, out of the empty gym. Um, Maybe Toppin ends up being fine, but this is the second time I wanted the Knicks to draft a higher end guard. I really wanted them to take Shea Gilgis Alexander, but no, Kevin Knox, that was the answer in that draft. So it's just frustrating. I know that they had Barrett and then they end up getting quickly, but like just draft the, like just draft the high end guard who can shoot 
and handle the ball. Like, just make that decision for once. And they did. So on this podcast, I made a comparison that I think this is like the, the ceiling of Obi Toppin. I think he could be like the next Thaddeus Young. How do you feel about that? that? Thaddeus Young plays defense. So no. But he's young. I mean, it could still happen. They he's could young. teach him. They could teach him. I bet you Amari Stoudemire's coaches said the same thing when he first came into the NBA. Oh, <laughs> I My whole thing was, if you're going to compare him with Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young has to be a really good – or you have to be a really good defender. And Thaddeus Young has basically been a terrible scorer his entire career. So mm-hmm. Toppin sort of feels like he has a better chance to – like maybe Davis Bertans might be a better comparison for someone who could just bomb threes but he can do more than that. So I actually don't know. People have compared him to Amari Stoudemire with a three-point shot. That actually might be the most apt comparison for, for Toppin. He can definitely pass better than Amari ever did, though. How's his winemaking skills? Are they as good as Amari? I don't know if he can make enough to take bats in it. So mm. I don't To be determined. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, I only have one question. Just one last one, I swear. I, I'm sorry for Barty. I have all these questions in my head. Uh, the Jazz, are they for real? So, so Aaron's very high on the Jazz this year. So, so look, I'm a big, I'm a big underdog guy, right? I, I love an underdog team. I love underdog players. Teams that the shouldn't. Mets, the Buffalo the Mets, Bills. The Bills. The Knicks. I'm all there. Been a lot of heartache in your sports fan. A, huh? a lot of heartache. Um, a lot of heartache. But like. I look at this team and I enjoy watching the Utah Jazz and they give me vibes of, which I've also, I've also said this on this podcast before, like the 2014-15 Hawks, like a team that just played well as a team. They won a lot of games, not really like any spectacular players. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert are awesome combo. Um, They might not always see eye to eye off the court or on the court, whatever, but they get the job done. Um, I just want to know. I, I I think they could actually be for real this time, bro. Unlike the Hawks, the Hawks I always knew they were going to get trampled, but this team feels different. I think you spotted the major difference is that they actually have two superstars. You could say in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and I'm a big fan of Al Horford and Paul Millsap, but I don't know that that Hawks team had anyone that could perform at that level. And even yeah. if you want to say. Millsap and Horford amount to Mitchell and Gobert. I disagree, but then like you go deeper down, Damari Carroll is not as good as Bojan Bogdanovic or Joe no. Ingles. Um, Jeff Teague is not Mike Conley. So this team is definitely better than that, but the way they play, where you look at the ball movement, the way they can cut, the way they can shoot, that's actually a pretty apt comparison. The thing that worries me about the Jazz, and I don't want to be underselling them because of how good they've been. Uh, they have the best record in the league right now. I just when you get into the playoffs, you're probably going to have to go through one, if not both of the LA teams. And they just don't have that lockdown wing defender. Royce O'Neal comes close, but he's on the smaller side and yeah. you're not going to lean on Joe Ingles. Like I know people have pointed out that Joe Ingles shut down Paul George in that one series when it was OKC Utah. Okay, great. Um, can he do that again a few years later when he's older? And then also you're dealing with the fact that, He's not shutting down LeBron or Anthony Davis. And then even if you shut down Paul George, you still have Kawhi Leonard. So I think they need like a a PJ Tucker type on their team. If they could swing a trade for him, I would really buy into them as maybe one of like the 
the three or four most serious contenders because right now I would still think it's the Lakers, the Clippers, and, and Philly would be my top three. I might even have the Nets in front of Utah. And I don't even mean to disrespect them because everything you said was just spot on. And they probably have the most really good players in the NBA on their roster. Like you look at spots one through, I don't know, eight or nine, you know, just having Derek Favors, Jordan Clarkson, yeah. Royce O'Neal. It's such a luxury to be that deep, but I, I just feel like they're one wing defender short, even if it's like a Jay Crowder type guy of being that, that it contender. And maybe I'll be proven wrong in the playoffs, so we'll sort of just have to see. But I think, you know, if you're building a list of contenders this year, I, I would think they have to be among the, the top seven right now. That's good to hear. I, I think they actually have something this year. It, it, I think it's finally coming together for them. I don't know if, like you said, they have to go past the two L.A. teams. If Anthony Davis isn't around, I could definitely see them beating the Lakers because, you know, Davis is hurt right now. We don't know what's going to happen with him, but – Clippers might be the hard part. If if Davis, I think they could beat the Lakers, but I don't know if they could beat the Clippers. I think they could beat the Clippers. As well, you think so? Yeah, I think they could beat the Clippers full full steam ahead, like with no issues. Probably really? in six. I feel like I feel like besides Kawhi, I, I mean, I'm not a big. I think Paul George is overrated in the playoffs. Paul George, like I feel like this season, he's he's almost MVP candidate all the time. But when it comes to the playoffs, he just doesn't know how to transition from the season. Um, so I don't know. I feel like the Jazz is a more complete team. But I don't know. I, I don't think they'll have a problem with the Clippers. I think the Clippers might even be tougher for them because you need more one-on-one defenders. And their whole defensive scheme is – let everybody we're going to stay on shooters because we know Gobert is at the rim but if you look at like a Kawhi specifically the Clippers aren't a team that really get to the rim a ton and that's a big part because Kawhi likes to live in the mid-range and so that's like even maybe a tougher cover than an Anthony Davis who's going to be looking um, for the Jazz anyway who's going to be looking to get to the rim a little bit more although not so much this season so it's just they've been so good I feel like it's an insult for me to be like no they're they're not going to beat the Clippers or the Lakers I just can't solve that defensive uh, equation in my head. And I think the Clippers might be a little bit tougher for them, but I agree with both you and Aaron in that um, if they're not championship contenders, they're as close as you can get without being them. They also could be the Toronto Raptors of the East when LeBron was here also. Like, you know, like the, yeah, I'll let you get the Eastern Conference championship like season the best record in but when it comes to playoff time it's a like it's a different LeBron almost in the playoffs so like I mean I feel like LeBron is coasting and and I feel like poor jo- Paul George is the opposite where he doesn't coast during the season and then the playoffs he's looking for that rhythm that he can't find they are definitely built to dominate the regular season. Uh, just sort of, as I said before, that you look at one through nine in their rotation, and those pl- all of those players would be in another NBA team's rotation without mm-hmm. hesitation. So to be that deep in the regular season with, with really good players, it's not like, oh, we have this guy who can kind of give us 10 minutes. Uh, their ninth best player might be Derek Favors, which is just bonkers. Let's see. Who do you got? Who do you got at, in the end of all this? At least this year. I I think the Lakers were my reflexive pick. 
and they seem to look a little bit more human, but I guess I'll stick with them. Um, I keep coming back to the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Sixers. Um, it feels like it's going to be one of those teams this year. I hope – I root for chaos, though, and so I'm hoping that we get, like, a Toronto or Phoenix. Um, that last team, Phoenix, is one that I'm mm. watching closely. I think they could beat anyone. I want to see, like, a team like that make the finals just sort of randomly. Yeah, Chris Paul, MVP. I feel um, like Chris Paul is so, like – he must be like the greatest of all time to like like I don't know I can't explain it it's like almost Jason Kidd like make all his teammates elevate to a different level where I don't like what he did with OKC uh as soon as he got there that Russell Westbrook didn't do um and now he's at Phoenix and doing the same thing it's just like what is he's like Tom Brady went out the championships almost. Praise. <laughs> it's kind of it's like a backhanded compliment, but like, right, you know, you know what I mean, though. Like, right. I don't hate the comparison. I, I he's I don't he's thirty five and he's just still money on that elbow jumper. Mm-hmm. He's been the past two or three years. He's been like the single most efficient player in crunch time, and he's basically there again this season. I, he is, you know, I know people have said that his personality can grade on them because he's a demanding teammate, but I don't think there's a question to what Dimitri said. It's just that he uplifts everyone that's around him. And um, look, Phoenix with him, Booker, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, um, Dario Saric, when they have him coming off the bench at the five, Cam Johnson has given them a lot of good minutes. Jay Crowder is there. That team, I think that team is going to sneak up on some people in the postseason where if you could tell me that they beat the Lakers, in a seven game series, you could tell me they beat the Clippers. You could tell me they beat the Jazz. I don't know that I would pick it, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised. All right. Um, I'm, uh, I'm done. I'm done over here. All right. Last I, question. I, I swear I'm done. Has Chuck <laughs> asked any questions? Is my question. He, he asked one, I think. So, okay. so, so welcome <laughs> to the podcast where I bring up the random stories, the hockey. Rugby, football, soccer, uh, maybe not so much football. Bring up some hurling, some presidential facts, um, and and they go talk about uh, basketball. All right, speaking of basketball, <laughs> Chuck. It's for me? Okay. Gotcha. No, no, no. No, this is about you. If Chuck was an NBA player. Ooh. What, what player would his game model after? Like, who would be more – who would you compare him to in the NBA right now? In the Dan, NBA right now. Dan has seen me play basketball, and it is bad. I cannot shoot basketballs for, for my life. Yeah, Chuck has, like, this shot where it begins at, like, his yeah. waist is where yeah. he release it from. You have the Kevin Martin? Martin? You have the Kevin Martin? I'm <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't go in. So, yeah, yeah. In my defense, uh, I did not have LASIK surgery, I think, since – like the last time I played basketball, I feel like I could see a little bit better now. So you're saying you'd be an all-star at this point. Definitely not. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but me and Dan were on the same team back in like fourth grade. And our coach was like five foot two. And we only won one game the entire season. Uh, that wasn't the team that we won the championship on though. There's a team where I lost every game and won the championship because everyone made the playoffs and we ended up winning. The oh, playoffs. what? Oh, that- yeah, that's a smart way of going at it. Yeah, we, we threw the regular season um, because we, we wanted the toughest route in the playoffs. You see? To go. 
You see, you got you guys a LeBron. Um, well, after, think... you, after you beat the first seed, it's the easiest, no? So you only have to win one good game. Is it the easiest? Don't we have to fight? We get we get all well, the. Well, you you get the heart. You get the hardest team in in the beginning, and then after that, I mean, it's just easy. I'm coasting. also not sure how scientific the St. Joseph CYO playoff bracket was. So like, <laughs> they they could have just randomly selected the teams that were there. But yeah, we lost every single game, and then we won we won the title. I don't. Did you know. Did you know? Because I didn't know this until recently that Marcus Stroman was in the league with us, the Mets pitcher. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, our former coach Joe, who I won't say his last name on the on the podcast, he uh, he, he talks about that now all the time. I did not. I did not know that at all. Yeah. Was he nice? I I don't know. I don't remember. But apparently, from the stories I hear, he was like one of the top players. I think Dan yeah. dunked on him. That's was- um. I was <laughs> there's. Me and Chuck are on the same level of bad in basketball. I have uh, I, I have a lefty hook, and I have my jumper is better than Chuck's. A hundred percent. Basketball is if, n- not my game. You went on a heater though. We were we were in a playground once, and it was like winners stay on, and we have all these just like unathletic Caucasian people on our team, <laughs> and we were running the court at one point and Chuck had like the games plural of his life where he was making shots, grabbing rebounds. It was like pure hustle. That might be his, his comparison is someone who can't shoot pass or really play great defense, but he'll rebound. Udonis Haslam current day. Udonis Haslam is probably Chuck. I'll take it. That's, that's the one quote talent I'll have in the basketball court is rebounding, rebounding and hustle. Hustle. (laughs) Yeah. It depends on how long I'm hustling for. Udonis Haslam's also shredded, so you both have that in common, mm, too. Obviously. Most definitely do not have that one in common. I got that COVID-19 going on. My God. Udonis Haslam? That's, that's a good question. That's a great that's like, question. That might be an insult to Udonis Haslam. But... 100%. 100%. <laughs> Is he still playing? Yeah, he's on the – well, he's, he doesn't play, but he's still on the heat, yeah. <laughs> He runs a mean practice drill. I'll tell you that. He runs a mean <laughs> practice drill, but that's about it. He hustles. I called him old, too, but is he just, like, our age? What is old? No, he's 40. Oh, okay, yeah, he's old. Is he really? Yeah, he's 40. 40. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He was born in hey, 80. Wow. He's almost my age. Oh, Ooh, that's old. Yeah. Old for the NBA. We're closer yeah. to 40 than yeah, 40 yeah. at this point, so I don't, I don't get to call 40 old anymore. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm one year away, so less than that. Old you got man. time. Godspeed. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about? Want to bring up any other topics of uh, conversation? It seems like we talk basketball to to the ground. I mean, the, the other sports aren't really well. The MLB happening right now. MLB, you know, we have Fernando Tatis Jr. He got a huge deal. A massive. 14 years, 340. If we want to rant about something, how about that major league whatever? Did you guys read that story? What is yes. called major league advance? Or a big league. I think it's like big league or big something. Big league advance. I don't show them Just, that. Yep. That, are, do you guys, are you allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes. That yes. shit is predatory. That is so just... Um, did it, did any of you read it? Was it just Chuck? Yes. 
I did. No, no. So basically what they do, this is their business model is described like this. Big League Advance may offer a player $50,000 for every 1% of his future professional earnings. Um, so if a player wanted to sign for 5%, he would receive $250,000 up front. Um, and then he would, if he wanted 10%, that's as high as they'll go, I think. They'd receive $500,000. But you would have to give 10% in that scenario of all your future earnings. So Fernando Tatis, I think, did 8%. Fernando Tatis and, Jr. So oh, is that the $30 million one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, why he has to give thirty mil away or something like yeah, that. I think maybe four or five percent he gave away. Twenty-seven point okay. eight is, I think, the number that I saw. And here's the thing that bugs me is, I guess minor league baseball has been predatory for forever. But he took the money so that he could improve, like his access to training, like coaches, nutrition, and it's mm-hmm. like if you're the number four ranked prospect in a major league baseball organization, they should be footing the bill for that stuff. Invest in your talent. And I think what are minor leaguers up to? I think thirteen hundred dollars a month in single. Yeah, I think a. that's what it said. Yeah, single A. That's all they made was thirteen hundred a month. And only in season. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, ah, uh, just the the socioeconomics of this is just terrible, and you shouldn't be allowed to like that. Shouldn't be. They made a legal. Two, like, yeah, it's. I just. I couldn't believe it when I didn't even know that stuff existed. Like it's basically the yeah. treating humans like the stock market. The stock market's mm-hmm. its own criminal games like that's really just that's absolutely terrible and, and fernando tatis jr says he doesn't care because he makes so much money anyway but like yeah. you know 27.8 million and then another 34 million goes to your agent then you're looking at taxes i'm not set he's gonna be fine he's created generational <laughs> wealth but he's probably like never gonna see like two-thirds of that contract is just gone at this point and i'm looking specifically though at the what was it? Big league advance. That yeah. should be illegal. Like that's, or there, there has to be more of a cap on it. Like an interest of 20, maybe you have to pay it back. Either you don't have to pay it back or you have to pay it back at a maximum of 25% interest. There's just mm-hmm. like, they gave you a $250,000 well, loan and now you have to give them $30 million. Yeah. Well, these guys don't know. They're young and they, they yeah, I think yeah, they don't have like lawyers. Or something. Yeah. And well, he just, should know his dad played in the league. He should know. His dad probably yeah. should have but listen, stepped in. Also, you also have to think about those people that they signed to this contract and didn't make the major leagues. Yeah, I'm sure that right, happens if too. If you're in a hedge fund, you're working with, you know, let's say they're probably not a billion dollar hedge fund, but they have to be like, they're working with nine, nine figures, like in the hundred millions and up range. And so like, if you're mm-hmm. giving away to, and look, Here's the other thing. Are they going to the Padres' 100th ranked prospect or whatever it is and offering them this deal? No. no. They're targeting the, the could-be stars, which mm-hmm. are not easy to pinpoint in any sport. And I would probably argue maybe it's harder in baseball than a lot of other, other sports. I feel like in basketball, um, so even easy. football a little bit, and hockey, there's mm-hmm. like these formalities. In baseball, it doesn't feel like that. They're going to approach like the top 1% of these prospects. And if you hit – like how many investments can they make with $27.8 million that, that, that just covered like another few hundred investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did. Yeah. You're right. It is. It sounds like criminal activity, but I think I it's something know. the players union will probably start focusing on now because it's probably been happening on a much, much smaller scale. Now that it's such a large scale that it's happening, it's a big story. I think the players union will start looking into it and see like, 
are they going to just tell their guys they can't do it anymore? The baseball yeah. players union is very powerful. Right. And here's the thing is like, I don't think it's not going to catch like maybe the regular Joe's attention because mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. still got $340 million contract. He's going to be fine. But like behind the $340 million contract are billionaire owners and mm-hmm. these people who own the investment fund that have a ton of money to play with. So it's like, they shouldn't be allowed off scot-free in this. It's just like the players in every sport are just the less wealthy compared to the the owners of the teams. Or again, in this instance, a hedge fund. I don't even know what this thing is called. Like, it's just what, like, like what is it? It's, it's basically a hedge fund that invests in humans. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah. This and makes I, me wish that GameStop would have stuck it to them even harder now. Every yeah, that story. Absolutely. Uh, did you see though what happened uh, in Congress? I, I know we don't. I, I usually try to bring politics up, but it's actually I, I think it was a funny story. Politics is a sport in recent years. Mm-hmm. That's you, right. hey, you could you could bet on it. Um, but yeah, they you they you brought can. in that CEO uh, from Robinhood, who for like a day or two stopped people from selling and buying GameStop. That's kind of what put an end to all this and like brought it somewhat back to normal. They brought him into Congress to testify, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I I shouldn't have done this. You know, like picking up this like sob story that like he like that this was like an accident. Like he shouldn't have done this, even though he was like probably forced by brokerage firms to do this. And uh, at one point, he's like, "We're gonna invest in that company. We're gonna invest in our customer support, in our customer service, and we're gonna we're gonna do better because one of the big issues is." they don't have like a real customer service. Like you can't call and be like, oh, you know, like Robin Hood customer service, like, you know, this is what's going on and I need help here. Um, so when they, when people were blocked from selling them buying GameStop, there's nowhere to call. They couldn't like close their accounts or anything like that. So when the Congressman, I can't remember who it was, during the test uh, testimony in Congress, it was like, oh, you're investing in your customer service. That's nice. Did you start doing that? And he's like, yeah, it's like we already started investing. We were making changes. So in the middle of the testimony, the congressman calls Robin Hood's customer service, <laughs> waits on hold, gets sent to like an automated message, and then it gets hung up on. And it's like, oh, great customer service. The, I, I can't even speak to being, I don't want to pretend to be an expert on this, but like Robin Hood isn't even an actual brokerage like a Charles Schwab mm-hmm. or something like they're making, mm-hmm. they're basically essentially trading on margin themselves or they're requesting your trades. Like they're uh, an intermediary. And the other mm-hmm. thing was, is that they were, they're basically owned or super affiliated with the firms that had shorted GameStop, which yeah. was a big issue. And then for bigger firms like the, I don't know, um, I trade through Charles Schwab and they weren't really locked down at all, but like Merrill Lynch or whatever, um, the thing that I American was like, TD too, right? That they had been threatened, and I don't know how true this is, but they they had been threatened by like the bigger hedge funds that they were going to take their business elsewhere if they didn't cease trading. And so it was just a reminder that the entire game is is rigged. And yeah. um, but that's just that story is hysterical that he called Robin Hood's customer it's, service. It's so disgusting, so disgusting. Like you couldn't. The problem is you couldn't buy. You could only sell, and that's yeah, what they wanted. It. They they wanted the they wanted the public to panic and sell and this way the hedge fund could get the money on the when when GameStop went down but it's it's just a it's just another 
reminder for us that the 1% controls everything. I went back and did research because we were, when the 2008 housing crash happened and just destroyed the economy, I just don't, I was old enough to know what was happening, but not to look into it. So I had like a year or two ago, I went down a 2008 rabbit hole and like that whole stuff was just eye-opening what happening there where they just, they did this to themselves. They got bailed out. They used that money to give out bonuses and then to mm-hmm. pay to lobby for, to make sure that they weren't monitored like by the government as much. And mm-hmm. it's just, the whole thing is rigged. And I feel bad for anyone who, you know, lost a ton of money in this, like, because they got caught bag holding. Like there are people that bought into GameStop. I was giving up the things where they're saying they, they bought all this stock at like $300 a share or something yeah. because they were convinced and like, yeah, that's a calculated risk at their part. But when you, when you're, when you can't buy, you can only sell. So they're forcing you to unload at a market that they're setting. Uh, that was just, it's just so messed up. Yep. That's, that's a whole, that's a whole nother sport. But that's that moment was right. funny, Chuck. I wish I would have seen it. It, it, it was a uh, Congressman, um, Sean Kasson. I'm not too familiar with him. He's a Democrat from Illinois. How do you sit? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I said, there's, say? A Democrat, there's a Democrat in Illinois? Yeah. And the Democrats are pretty... Uh, Illinois is pretty blue. Mainly because of Chicago. So and, can you answer why Obama. Texas is always considered a swing state when I can't... I'm trying... I, like, I can't find the last presidential election that they voted blue in. I don't know it off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, I would guess... Clinton? No, I'm probably not Clinton. Um, maybe I, I would just guess off the top of my head it was probably Lyndon Johnson in '64. That's a while ago. That was like... the last time they probably went blue. I don't know off the top of my head either, but that would be my guess, and that's just because he was from Texas. That was um, pre-segregation. It was. It was right out of segregation. Yeah, that <laughs> Lyndon Johnson is part of the reason why Texas and most of the South changed to Republican. They, they used to be Democrat. In '64, when Lyndon Johnson, a Democrat from Texas, um, was president, and he came out with the Civil Rights Act, or he signed it and advocated for it, that was when a lot of the South and Lyndon Johnson even said it at the time. He's like, "I just lost the South for the Democratic Party," and he's right. Most of the South has switched to the Republican. Because he came like, up with the Civil Rights Act. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Shout out to the South there. Apparently, that's now we're just losing all of our Southern lands. <laughs> Um, uh, RIP. <laughs> hey, Georgia was blue this year. You're fine. We're just surprised it didn't go blue this year. Yep. Um, Texas uh, may change in the future. What's going on right now? And it's very unfortunate what's going on in Texas right now. The the big RIP. At least Ted Cruz. Cruz was in Cancun for a hot minute. Yeah, I love how Ted Cruz you know, decided to um, you know escape to another country to provide for his family. No, not only Did that, but he used police escort to the airport. Right? Did you guys see and the back. leaked? And back. Did yeah, you guys he... see the leaked group chat text too? Yep. From his, like, imagine, like, how much do your friends have to hate you to give up like that, like that so readily to the media? I can't even. You would think anyone Ted Cruz is affiliated with doesn't have the moral compass necessary to do anything like that. Nah. Even they, they apparently knew that it was they, messed up. They leaked, and that was listen. I used to work. Funny. There's a funny story. I used to work with a doctor who was um, very close with um, Chris Christie. Um, 
and still like got invited to his party, like graduated college with him, whatever. And apparently Chris Christie used to mess with the staff. Um, knew like one day he got invited to his house for a pizza party, whatever. They were just, I forgot, I think it might've been the Super Bowl. And Chris Christie knew that one of the security guards didn't like to fly. And Chris Christie wanted a pizza delivered and it was like three hours away. And he tells the guy, use the, use the chopper. Knowing that the guy doesn't like to fly Tells all his friends, yo, listen, this guy don't like to fly. I'm gonna tell him get in the chopper, give me a pizza. Guess gets the guy to go in the chopper, one of the security guards, gets the guy to go in the chopper to go get him a pizza using tax dollars. Just for shits and giggles. I mean, have you seen that man? I mean, he'll do anything for it. Was only pizza. one pizza? That's what I was it, it was only one pizza. He said it's only one pizza. Only one That's pizza. Nothing That's on it. Of... He just wanted the pizza. <laughs> That's at least a five pizza pie trip right there. Made, made the guy use and the pilot go to the to the pizza spot on the helicopter. And mind you, there's no landing spot in this area where they wanted the pizza. Wait, you mean the pizza place didn't have a helicopter pad? Yeah. Get into the 20th, 21st century pizza place. How do you not have a helipad? Especially if you're Chris Christie's pizza place. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, I graduated with him, but he was such an asshole. Uh, I was wrong, by the way. Jimmy Carter won Texas back in 67. That was pretty, uh, pretty close, though. I was close. Oh, right, never mind. You're, you're a little off. You're a couple elections off now. I mean, I mean, by this point, you should be spot on from. Anything from 1950 up, I expect better from you. <laughs> this that is true. He's too, he's too busy looking up Irish rugby stats. For <laughs> I know. I know. I'm ready. You want to ask me some questions on Adelaide Stevenson the second, the 52 and 56 Democrat presidential nominee? Guys, I, I have a top 10 list if you guys want. Of presidents? Of presidents? No, no, it's not presidents. <laughs> What's your call on presidents? <laughs> Lincoln, they go. No, kidding. <laughs> no, no, they just, I've seen them just dropped a documentary series on Lincoln. I'm all about it. You guys know I love those documentaries. Yeah. Then we have a running joke here about the last dance documentary. Oh, yes, Dan. So, Chuck, <laughs> our friend, we love him to dearly. He won't watch the last dance documentary because it's 10 hours long. But he watches the NFL draft rounds, all the rounds. He watches oh, every round. Draft. If I'm not doing anything on like through, the second and third day, I'll watch. No, he's lying. He does it anyways. <laughs> he doesn't. No, I, I, will, I will go out of my way to watch the first Yo, round Chuck, of the NFL draft. He put draft. PTO in to watch every, everything. He puts PTO <laughs> in to watch the whole draft. Man, I am, Dan, I invited him. I was like, Yo, Chuck, come, come through. We're having a party. He's like, no, I gotta watch round number seven. <laughs> that, that definitely didn't happen. Hey, in Chuck's defense, maybe he's on the lookout for the next Tom Brady. That's true. Maybe I'm waiting for my name to get called. First of all, how could you not want to watch the for you don't have to watch it with commercials? So like it's less than 10 hours. Ooh, that's that's a good argument. It's you like, guys never made that argument. It's like eight. 
maybe. Well, I, well, I was busy at the time. Yeah, the History Channel had a USCS Grand documentary series going on. Uh wow. I so I had for work. I got a pre-screening of it, so I I had seen it, but I needed to do stuff for a live. So I actually watched it twice and still found it highly enjoyable. You'll find it highly enjoyable. It's definitely like you can't believe like half of it because it's basically a Michael Jordan propaganda documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't know what anyone else, people were mad. Like, oh, it's so pro-Jordan. It's one-sided. It's like, well, he was, he had to give approval to it. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> exactly. um, but I've seen it twice. And it wasn't even like I let time pass and then saw it twice. It was, I'd watch it on like Thursday um, or Friday to prep for it and then watch it again on Sunday. And it was like, it was fun. It was. You hear that? You're into history and I'm stuff. I am. I think what gets to me is that it's more just based on like that one like last season it's if it was like not, just it's not. Gordon it's not. or like just the whole dynasty like I'd be more into it it is about the whole dynasty is it? So it, it yeah. goes like it covers everything from like Scottie Pippen's contract like mm. years before um, it, 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 it covers everything from when Jordan was um, drafted everything from Jordan if, see it it seems like the last dance, but they then bring it back to when he was drafted, and they go throughout every year that he played. I would actually argue they didn't spend enough time on the season they were supposed right. to be covering. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, maybe, maybe that maybe I was just wrong. Because so I just thought yeah. to focus on like that last season. Like, I'm no, like, we're wrong. We told no. you week after week when they kept showing uh, episodes. We should, for like what ten weeks we told you you were wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Only for five you, weeks, should, okay. you should watch it for the Dennis Rodman vacation story alone. Yes. That was like one of the all-time moments. Uh, and the Carmen Electra confessions. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that, too. Is Kim Jong-un in this? Dennis Rodman's no. best friend? Uh, they don't no. cover anything post um, Last Dance, like no. that season. So, But everything, it, it was literally before. Everything was before. So when he got drafted... When he broke his foot, stuff oh, with Isaiah stuff. Thomas, Isaiah stuff Thomas, the whole 91, 92, 93 team when he played baseball. Oh, yeah, and Knicks, when he and was the in Knicks, Space Jam, when the Knicks could have won that two years, but they didn't. Um, the, like his early series with the Pistons, they went into that and mm-hmm. playing baseball, Space Jam. They went into Space Jam. Space Jam. You, you, you do know about Space Jam. Well, Space Jam is an objectively terrible movie. It definitely sure. got the job done yeah. until I was like 10 or however old I was in my soul. Well, if you watch, what if is you watch it? 1992? Right. No, no. Right, sorry. No. 95, 96? I think I was... Probably. Probably Because yeah. it, it was right around basically when he made his actual return to basketball. So mm-hmm. it had to be like 94, 95 around that time. Maybe 96. I'm sorry if he's not in this next one, like if Jordan's not in the next Space Jam, nah, not even a camp. I need a cameo. I need something. Nah. I don't think he's in this. Definitely not. Definitely not. Nah, uh, yeah, I mean, he released an entire documentary, I think, because people were getting, um, giving LeBron too much credit in the goat conversation. So he just released a, a ten-part documentary about why he's actually the greatest. Watch. Space Do you Jam think he's the greatest? Be better. Do you no, think LeBron he's the greatest? Is, LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time to me. And it's if you want to boil it down to, to championships, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. He's made, LeBron has made, what is it, 10 finals now, 11 finals, whatever it is. I've lost track. And the longevity of what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I know Jordan had his reasons for stopping both times, but LeBron is in year 18 and age 36 with 18 years under his belt and might win the, the MVP award. Uh, it's dominance unlike anything the league has ever seen. I, I think it's a conversation. Yeah. It's totally fair to say that. And I have Michael Jordan. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast when we were talking about Serena Williams. I have memories of Michael Jordan where I feel like he never missed just because I was so young, but like, there's so much about Jordan that I think it will eventually be like this for LeBron. You look back on history, like it's a myth. Mm-hmm. And so I think once LeBron retires and we're removed from him, there'll be a, people will look back and be like, Oh, that actually happened. Like there was, he went to eight straight, nine straight finals, whatever it was. Um, so to, he's my goat. I understand why people would have Jordan, but there's still a, a subsection of people who act like it's rude to have the discussion and i just don't understand how you you know how would you have anyone above how is lebron not number two to you i guess would just be my question like could you feasibly rank lebron lower than second right now i think yeah i I, I, i'm i'm actually i'm actually one of those people that did have jordan and is kind of like leaning towards lebron um because only because I think LeBron has played at a higher level over a longevity of time than Jordan has. Um, Cause Jordan, like he came out at 85, 86, 87, maybe 88 to 98 was like his prime minus those two years. And I think Le- LeBron has been played like. He's been in his prime since high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm I, what I'm saying is like Jordan definitely peaked higher, like in his prime, like peaked higher. But LeBron has stayed at a higher level all along. So, I'm. I mean, it depends. It, it depends how you look at it, because you could look at it as championships was an argument, I guess. And but you could also like. Have you you guys played basketball, right? In the neighborhood, you guys know who's the best neighborhood player. Mm-hmm. Nah, so man. like, right? But like, if you yeah, had first up, pick, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you guys had first pick in your neighborhood, right? You know who you're picking. So like, the attributes is what I go to. When I when I do that, like who's a better shooter, dribbler, passer, who plays better defense, and I you can't uh, I guess you can't get that off of like stats because they play defense on different people at different times. So I I don't know. It's, it's also tough with like the cross era comparisons. Yeah, where I think both of these players could have played in either generation. The people that think LeBron couldn't have played then because of how physical it was are idiots. The people who don't think Jordan would have taken more threes in this era are also idiots, but it just makes it tougher. And then there's, you know, there's give and takes with their game. LeBron is by far and away the better playmaker. He's like one of the best passers in NBA history. Uh, Jordan played a level of defense that was just mind blowing. And LeBron has had good to great defensive seasons, but you know, Jordan won MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season at one point. And was someone who just played at a high level for so much longer than LeBron defensively and it's i don't think there's a wrong answer um i do think we need to get to the point where like it's okay to have the conversation where it's not some insult uh 
to Jordan because he's been viewed as this mythic figure that LeBron can't touch. And now it's all of a sudden he won his fourth title and it's like, well, crap, if he gets to five, then it's like, that's like really close. How do you, and so you're at a point where like, what if he does win one over the next two or three years to get the five, which isn't unfathomable. The Lakers are really good when healthy. I, I don't like, it's just, it's still a fun debate to have, but it's, I think we're getting to a point where I, I eventually think LeBron's going to be consensus in the way that Jordan was. No, I, th- I think so too, because I, I don't think I've seen anybody like I was, I'm a big Kobe fan and I'm like, why is Kobe never in this conversation ever, never in the conversation, but I, I, I can understand why he wouldn't be like in the same conversation. Um, but to me, Kobe's a better shooter than both of them. He's a better scorer than both of them. Um, but defensively, I don't know if he is. I don't know. Kobe was good defensively too, though. He was. He right. was. But I'm just saying, like, this is me doing it off a of playground, like playground, like shooter score. I think Kobe's better than shooting scoring. I can't say passing. I think the thing with Kobe, and I'm not, I wouldn't count myself as a Kobe enthusiast. He was very good. Um, I think because he was so, he was like this facsimile of Jordan. Whereas if DeMar or Kawhi came along without having Kobe, that they would be viewed in the same vein as Kobe. He had Mm -hmm. the title. So I don't want to discredit those. The five championships, that's, you know, that's huge. But if you, because he played so similar to Jordan, I think that's why people would gravitate yeah. for him. And I, I think, think it helps too. the market exposure, obviously, in LA was a big deal for him. Um, I don't – I full tilt, I don't know if Kobe would make my top 15 of all yeah. time. Like, I just um, don't know. Because <laughs> I have to make the list, but he's he was a that's fantastic a basketball statement. player. But he, he was fantastic, but it's just like – I don't know. There's, just, there's something – there's something missing there from what he could do on the court. Like it never felt like he was efficient enough. Um, never a good enough three point shooter, never high enough defense, like quality defender still in hall. Like clearly he was a hall of famer and one of the greatest players of all time, but there are people that want to see him thrown in the greatest of all time discussion. And I really don't think he has a, a leg to stand on in those talks. He had, look, he has the scoring numbers. What is he fourth all time? I think he's fourth. I think he's fourth. fourth. Um, But and and you don't forget he didn't play the first three seasons of his career or two seasons. I'm just so I, so. Here's what it would come down like to me. So you would rather have Kobe over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Can't. Well, that depends. Would you rather like, have Kobe over Shaq? <laughs> Kobe over Larry Bird. I would have Kobe over Larry Bird. Wow, Kobe over Tim Duncan? <sighs> I think they'd be like I think Tim I think Tim Duncan's better. That, and that was the other thing with Kobe is that he was the face of his generation, but I'm I'm pretty sure that Tim Duncan was the best player of that generation. I think you're on to something here. <laughs> but you didn't think they have the the better team, like all around with Tony Parker, Ginobili. Even when he won with David Robinson, Sean Elliott, 
So here's my thing is that Kobe won with probably one of the 10 greatest players of all time. Right, with Shaq. Shaq. Duncan never had that teammate. But, all right, so what about the lady is when he had Paul Gasol? Paul Gasol, I mean, is, fan- Paul Gasol is like on a level of Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Yeah, but that's, there we go. that's one. You just you just said Paul Gasol is on the level of Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker, which Tim Duncan had both of them. Yeah, but he's saying like those so, aren't like – 10 top 10 greatest of all time those are just two but pretty great role players that on the same team on so, tim duncan's team but that's not that's I, not i think what you could tim say duncan's is that fault. kobe's kobe's teams <laughs> were he had for his five championships compared to tim duncan's five kobe had better teammates in some whether you want to look at singularly or in some for three of those five because they came with shaq yeah. and to have no, that they, they, yeah shaq was Probably. And then he had the years of Smush Parker, right. and then you're like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, also, I met Smush Parker. Shout out to him. Uh, yeah, he's a ref yeah. now, Smush Parker. Fun fact. Not in the Is NBA, he? but he's a ref, I believe. Yeah, Dimitri, you know I met him at Orchard Beach. No joke. <laughs> I met him at Orchard Beach. No joke. He's dancing Bronx. with your mom? Probably. He probably was dancing with my mom. Probably. <laughs> what? Uh, what like, for, for you guys don't know that Orchard Beach is like a club that's outside on the beach. So like they have a stage yeah. and it's bands playing and people are dancing all around and it's the beach is right there. It's one of the so, dirtiest beaches you ever go to in the Bronx. Yeah, don't go to the beach. I mean, but, is there uh, a clean beach? Go to Orchard Beach or New York in general. (laughs) Wait, what'd you say? I said, is there a clean beach in New York in general? Yeah. You gotta go out. I mean, (laughs) go out to the island. I mean, I'm from Queens, so Long Island is like clean. Long Beach is clean as hell. Yeah, yeah, Long Island is super clean. I grew up in Orchard Beach. Like that's to me, even Jones Beach. It's still like like this musty brown gray. I just have a hard time believing it's like. Well, have you ever been to Far Rockaway? <laughs> <I'm> not. <laughs> so, yeah. But but also, what else does LeBron have to prove, right? The championship, sure. I think he's going to go get some of these records. I think he'll get, like, the most points ever scored. He's going to probably get that. Like, that's almost so, like a, a shoe-in for him. If he stays healthy, that's his. I kind of want to see it. As we're recording this, he's 3,000 – about 3,300 points away. By the end of this season, he'll probably be like 2,500 or something away. Like that's exactly. if he plays for another this year and then two more seasons after that, there's no deal. I would think he would get it. And yeah. even assists, he's like, I think he's like in the top 10. So, like, assists, who knows where he's going to fall once that and once his career ends there, too. I think at, at, at the end of the day, when he retires, he's going to retire as a go. And Jordan's gonna be mad. And he's gonna tight. be like sixty-five. He's gonna release another documentary. And, yeah. No, and then he's gonna be like, you know what? I'm going back in the NBA. He's gonna suit up for the Hornets. <laughs> I thought he was gonna come back when Tom Brady won his seventh ring, and so he had one more than Jordan. Oh. Now his next documentary is about is about him like playing golf and just like how good he is against all of his friends and then all the gambling that he does. That's what the next documentary is gonna be. That's I'm what here. they needed to get into and more here for, for Last Dance was the gambling. I would the love gambling. to see a documentary on Jordan's gambling. 
Because that's how he uh, allegedly lost his dad was to that. Mm. Yeah, that's like that's a little like a massive. super flimsy theory, though. That's like, yeah. that was. I feel like if that is a documentary, it's going to be on Vice, like on Vice Land, like HBO. <laughs> on HBO. It's going to be like it's I see HBO like dropping a, it. Yeah, hundred percent. That's no, crazy. I'm, I'm here for it though. No, but I'm 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 on that ship. Like LeBron is the probably going to be the goat after he retires. So. I mean, everyone's a goat on this podcast. We throw that around. Like, we, no, we, you, you, you throw around. We we throw it around like no, it's you throw the <laughs> Aaron, tell Dan who's the goat the NFL. Shout out to Josh Allen, the goat, greatest of all time. <laughs> Bottom line, and then after him, Ryan Tannehill, the goat. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's do it. <laughs> Yo, so I have a list. You guys want to go for it? Oh no! All right, let's do the list, and then we'll do uh, fifty-four. Yeah. Okay. Do it. All right. So hold on. Let me just get it. It's MLB. We're, we're all over this episode. <laughs> so all right. I have I have two lists, but you guys can pick one. Do you guys want to pick the over under on wins on the MLB? Top teams. Or do you want to are you talking like predictions for next season? What what Vegas has. I have the, the top ten um over under for the top teams in the MLB. And I also have the World Series odds, one through 10. Two. I guess they'd both kind of be the same, wouldn't they? Yeah. That's why you can't pick. Yeah. Let's go World Series odds. World Series odds? Because I already know they put um, Baltimore at zero. <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't have the <laughs> the end of that though. I don't have the the tail end. Oh yeah, I I, I don't know if it, uh, who in Vegas did it, but somebody put Vegas's uh put um, Baltimore's odds. I think I think it's just at making the playoffs, not even win the World Series, just at zero. Mm. I even like point one. It was just at zero. Wait, but that's 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 not bad odds though. What, what do you mean that's terrible like, odds? Like you mean, Chuck? Their list, their odds weren't listed. I, no, I, 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 I gotta look up. Oh, here it is. Uh, no, it wasn't Vegas. It was uh, Fangraphs did it, and uh, they projected their postseason odds at zero. Fangraphs is saying they have zero percent chance. I mean, I don't need Fangraphs to tell me they don't have. They have literally negative chance to make a playoffs in the next ten years. That's that's a fact. Given the breadth of my baseball knowledge, I absolutely need Fangrass to tell yeah, me but that they that's, have a 0% chance the playoffs. That's not the lowest I've seen. Well, that's not the lowest I've seen. But I mean, that's, I, that's the lowest. How can we get lower? You've seen negatives? Yeah, this. They'll well, pay you if they make like if they don't make the play. Like, how does that work? Let's go to top ten. I have I'm a just, team that's uh, uh, that's projected like the lowest in the MLB to win amount of games the certain amount of games like they're the lowest and it's like 30 38 games is it baltimore no it's not it's not baltimore it's probably the mariners no the rockies all right 
I was gonna name teams. <laughs> yeah. No. I don't the know. Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm. They Vegas got them winning thirty-eight games, tied. Well, I hope that happens. Then they'll take the record from the nineteen sixty-two Mets, who only won forty games. Thirty-eight games out of one sixty-two. Is this a one sixty-two game season? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, oh, wow. that's no, that's, it's that's... not. It's not. It is. No, it is. It is. Right now, it is. All right. Don't get me going. Don't get me going. (laughs) This season's going to count. Dimitri hates shortened seasons. No, I don't think. I don't think the baseball sixty-game season counts. If you want to count it, that's fine. I don't count it. But I'll just count it. The Dodgers, yeah. Whatever they want to do. All right, so I'm gonna say Dodgers are probably top ten favorite. All right. So ready. Padres got to be there, right? All right. So, who do you say? Yankees, unfortunately. Don't get jealous. (laughs) I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say the Mets are probably in the top ten. Mets are probably top ten. All right. So Chuck said the Dodgers, who are number one. Dan said the Padres, who are number three. That's wild. Number two. Braves mm. got to be on there, right? Braves probably the, there. The Rays are number seven. This is World Series odds. So Wait, did you say the Rays or the Braves? I said the Braves. Braves. Oh. Braves, okay. All right, the Braves are number four. Atlanta Braves, Chuck's team's number four. Wow, they have Tampa at seven? They have Tampa <laughs> Bay Rays at seven. But they don't have – okay, whatever. It's fine. Um... <laughs> Wait, what, what did you say? I might have missed it. No, I didn't, I say, didn't anything. say anything. Uh, the Mets. Number six. The Mets. They're oh, definitely going to be in the Mets me. this year. I'm going to say the Astros. Astros closing it out at number 10. What do we have left? Uh, the Phillies. Eight, nine, and five. They oh, don't have any pitching. Phillies, no. athletics up there this year? Uh, yes. They lost. They are, are they really? Eight. They lost Semi and lost Hendricks. All right, this is number ridiculous. Eight. Number eight. The the Rays. Hmm? Might as well at this point. Cardinals? Nope. What the hell? That doesn't make any sense. The A's and the Rays are going to – no, they have nobody. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Blue Jays? Mm-mm. Blue hmm. Jays, Blue Jays are number twelve. How many other teams are there? <laughs> like seventy six. Are they? Are the Angels up there? No. The Yo, Rangers. Yo, poor Mike Trout. Man. There's, there's two more teams. Two more teams. Both Texas? American League. Both Texas, American no. League. Texas Sorry. Rangers. Ew, no, Chuck. Come, come on, on, guys. Twins. The twins. Number oh, the nine. Twins. You guys are missing number five. Well, we still got one more left. Number five. Wait, number they five. have the twins at nine. Uh-huh. All right. This this is whatever you're saying doesn't matter anymore. This is all false. This I'm is sorry, all... it's Vegas. This is what I you know. I Vegas is ridiculous. It's the American League. Is it the White Sox? It's the White Sox. Yeah, it's the White Sox. Good job, Chuck. That's ridiculous. First of all, the Rays aren't gonna make the playoffs, and neither are the A's. That's a right. fact. It's ridiculous that they have a top 10 when we all know the Mets will win the World Series this year. Yeah, exactly. 
Let's go, baby, Lindor. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So. Yo, Chuck, we're going to a game this year, right? If I'm down. We're allowed to. No, we're down. Yeah, Cuomo, said it was yeah, okay. Yeah, Cuomo said it was okay. I don't listen to Cuomo. I don't listen to anybody. I listen to Fauci. Fauci, Fauci says cool. Said, it's cool. So I'm in. Right. I'm in. I'm going. I didn't. I think um, it's words where he's hopeful that there can be fans. I don't no, know if he, he said, said go. No, he said it. Oh, he thinks it's, not it's up okay. To him. So, he said it's okay. Yeah, but it's, not, it's not up to him. He might say it's okay, but he doesn't make the laws. Look, if Fauci though. says it's fine, we're going. Fauci's like <laughs> what I listen to. Like he I'm giving it. you guys a big hug when I see you. If Fauci says I, it's cool, I'm doing it. <laughs> all right, I, I'm going to hold my breath and then sanitize after. <laughs> but yeah, I'm Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I got an, another way. The the Dodgers uh, are predicted to win. But what's their win total for the season? They're going to win. It's going to be it's out of 162. What it, yeah, what is what it, what do you think Vegas picked for their amount of wins for the year? 95. Well, also for 97. 100? 101. It's past the All right, Vegas is ridiculous right now. 107. Uh, 104. 104.5. Honestly, Vegas, I don't know what they're, they're smoking. That's like, they're that's watching like the wrong tre- sport. They're like riding the Trevor Bauer signing wave. That's like Wait. 100. Th- all with right. like all the COVID absences they're probably going to have, there's no way. <laughs> they're not even going to play 104 games. It's going to be a shortened season. <laughs> Oh my God! Let's not get the especially started. especially when they have what's his name on the on the team that had COVID. Justin Turner. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and they just resigned him. He's gonna give everybody COVID. All right. So the Yankees are in second with. So I'm assuming like a hundred. If that's the case, I'm gonna say ninety-eight. Dan. Ninety-six. Ninety-seven. That doesn't make any sense. It actually, it actually in the Yankees part, I think it does because Yankees are winning over a hundred games. The American League has uh, the is the weaker league in this predicament. The Dodgers they'll still win the All Star game because the American League always wins the All Star game. No, but in the East and stuff, in the AL East, like they're gonna win a hundred games. There's no competition easily because you figure they played Baltimore like 19 times. They played. Boston, they're gonna be times. nineteen and zero. That's how it's gonna go. If they have won any games, yeah. I don't even like the Yankees, and I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah. So they got the Dodgers, the Yankees, Atlanta, San Diego, Chicago. You know where they got the Mets at? Come on, guys. You guys are Mets fans. Let's get it. Mets. Where they got the Mets at? Ninety. I was gonna say ninety. I was gonna say ninety-two. To be honest with you, Dan, are you a Mets fan or a Yankees fan? No, no. he's a, a Yankee fan. I was gonna say ninety-two. I'm gonna say ninety. I'm gonna say eighty-nine. Ooh, Dan from deep <laughs> hits it on the nose. Eighty-nine. I don't know, guys. 
89 89 for the Mets. Look, I think Vegas I said think that the Dodgers are going to win 107 games and the Pirates are going to win 104. 104 and the Pirates are going to win 38. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. All right. I'm just saying, Vegas is never wrong. <laughs> Every time I bet, the motherfuckers get it on the nose. So <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. Yo, what's what's your number fifty four? We're done with this. <laughs> that got me hot. <laughs> All right, uh, so number fifty four. Yeah, fifty four. We do our best number fifty four. I'm sure Dan's not prepared one bit, but you know, he'll figure it uh, out. I'm gonna go. I'll go first. I'll go Brian Erlacher, linebacker, Chicago Bears. Um, brought them to that Super Bowl back in the was 07. Um, he's on the 2000s All Decade team, Pro Bowler, um, uh, Pro Hall of Fame, College Hall of Fame maybe made some questionable comments over this past summer regarding uh, Black Lives Matter. And by maybe, I mean, he most definitely did. And um, so personal, personal life, maybe I'm not a big fan of, uh, but I can't question the talent. He was, at the time, he was probably one of my favorite defensive players to, to watch. Solid pick. He might be the best one. I think he's the best one. He's 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 not my favorite. That's okay. Um, my favorite is my favorite is unfortunately Charles Smith. Um, play for the Knicks. If anybody knows Charles Smith, you probably could Google him. Just write Charles Smith, and then I guarantee, almost guarantee, I didn't look it up, but um, the four uh attempts that he had underneath the basket and got fouled all four times and there was no call against the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals back in 1992 I think it was yeah cost the Knicks a championship um because they were on the two game I think they won two games that was the third game and they were close to winning it and he went up four times, got fouled four times, and there was no call. Of course, the next game. So sure, that that's the reason why. Look, look, look uh, at the replay. Look at the replay. <laughs> um, my my best fifty four of all time. He averaged twenty points a game, thirteen rebounds a game, six blocks a game. Three assists, two steals. But all this was in high school. Kwame Brown, he only averaged seven <laughs> points a game, six rebounds in his career. Number one overall pick. Best 54 of all time. <laughs> oh, my God. That's some nice that. high school stats, though. I'll tell you that. That's some nice high school stats. That's all right. He was drafted out of high school, wasn't he? He was. Probably. I feel for him. I always think about him, my man. They did him dirty. They did him dirty. But I just shouted him out. So shout out to Kwame Brown. There Yo, I He's just Google, I just Googled Charles Smith and the four. Oh, I hit the wrong button. You Googled Damn. the wrong Charles Smith. 
<laughs> one of the most like regular names ever. <laughs> For real. Like 300 million Charles just came out. Yeah, Andy of 54. And then something really like Horace Grant, right? Give me the Horace goggles. Grant guy. Makes more sense. Horace Grant, yeah. Four-time champion, by the way. He won three yeah, he with uh with Jordan and I think one with Shaq and Kobe. Good defender. And again, the goggles. The goggles. Can't forget the goggles. He won four. He won one with Shaq and Kobe. Wasn't he on their 2001 team or am I am I wrong? I don't know. And yeah, they had all the old guys, so who knows? Is no, that the Carmelo? Nah, Carmelo one. That's true. Gary Payton. Gary Payton was on he that might, year. He might have got there before. Well, Gary Payton won one with the Heat. Oh. They're not. A, I, don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Horace Grant. He did. He did win three with the Bulls. I mean, I'll just Google it. Let me see. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, Horace Grant, Orlando Magic legend. <laughs> yeah, he won four titles and he made an NBA Finals in 1995 as well, too. He didn't win, so he almost had a five. Yeah, that's when he was in Orlando and they got swept by Houston. Yep. A shout out to Horace Grant. He was in, he was also in the Last Dance documentary, Chuck. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it for yeah, Horace he, Grant. He's he's the one, he's the one that fed the right of the all that information yep. about the team. Yeah, Jordan Jordan definitely blames him for that. Yeah. <laughs> Is his uh, brother Harvey in it? No. No. Horace Grant. That's a that's a Kashi six nine of that generation. Oh God. That's the headline, people. <laughs> that's the headline. That's the name of the episode. No, that's so mean to Horace Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Anybody well. have any uh, any last minute? Um, R.I.P. to Tim Tebow. Uh, it was a great career. Uh, uh, all time. Minor league Mets yeah. <laughs> NFL did him dirty, man. NFL did him dirty. And the Mets gave him a second uh, chance. They did. Shout out to the Mets for being an awesome organization. And real RP to uh Vincent Jackson. Hopefully they figure yeah. out what happened. That's that's such a terrible story. Just uh, incredibly sad. Yeah. Super young. Mm-hmm. All right, Dan, you got any uh anything? Any plugs? You want people to follow you on the social? No, don't follow me followers. on social. Do yourself a favor. Don't follow. You can follow me on at Dan Favalli if you uh, hate yourself, but That's, I wouldn't recommend it. If you want to hear all about the rugby and hurling, follow Dan Favalli, please. <laughs> I probably asked Dan to go to the hurling match with me, too. He did not want to. He definitely declined. I can tell you what the answer to that will be. <laughs> I'll let you know even... when they're back in town. <laughs> He definitely didn't even answer. He just ghosted you. <laughs> He's like, Sounds yeah, okay, I'll be there. All right. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Dan, for being it's on the coming. show again. Um, I know it was treacherous. Um, we need to talk about Chuck more, maybe. It's a Chuck episode. Off, off we air. A, off we air. need a full Chuck episode. I think that's what... Off, off air, on air. <laughs> if it's off air, we can drop names, and it's even more fun. Uh, you can well, still we, drop names. We can, I'm not dropping know. any names. Drop the names. Right. I, I mean, drop is the is the names like you know Chuck Masterson names or 
that's that's the question but anyway thank you guys for listening thanks dan for coming through showing his nba knowledge is crazy incredible as always um thanks for listening you guys heard our call what's yours